Uh, we ready? Let's do it. Cosmo Lamalala Lamalala Ready? Yep, I'm ready. Nice. <laughs> All right. Okay. Welcome, Guardians. It's March 23rd, 2017, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 48, and today we're emerging from our time loop and starting a new series about one of our most requested topics. That's right. Buckle up, buttercups. We're talking about Cauldron Sigma. Or, uh, <laughs> I mean, the Shrine of... Uh, wait. Um, the mother of all the glass, bitches. That's right, and we're back, and Gabble's shaking his head at me, because we're actually doing this with a video this time, we're, we're not recording the video, but we're, uh, we're actually doing a video Skype call, which I don't think we've ever done, so it's going to be an interesting episode, and it's our first episode in, what's the, how, what's the count, how long has it been, since That's January, number. what's that? Well, we recorded the last one on January 13th, but it took us a little while to put it together, over a week, I think, because of the two guests and getting everything yeah, up, yeah so. it's true, but still, so it's been, two months. it's been a couple months. It's still been months. a good six weeks, yeah. And before that, we were kind of MIA with the holidays and some other stuff, so hopefully we're going to start a, a new trend and start recording again fairly frequently. Uh, we got a lot lot to talk about, about what we've been doing and what we plan on doing, and and uh, we're actually going to have a guest with us today. Uh, we'll Wait, talk about him. was that approved? Was it? Oh, did I forget to tell you guys about it? No? Okay. Well, he's here. He's with us. So we're going to talk to him here shortly. Um, and to get started, though, uh, I am Vexray441, and uh, I've got with us here Droplicant. How's it going, Drop? It's going. It's been a long time. Yeah. I, I think part of that is I have been on the road for weeks and weeks and weeks with work, so I'm. this is my first full week back in a long time. Just came back from South by Southwest. Uh, then I was out in Vegas for another trade show. And prior to that, I was out at CES and all kind. Of, it was just been nuts. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see you and talk to you. It's it's been a while. Um, yeah, it I'm, has been. I'm excited. I've been excited all day. We've been talking about doing an episode for like two weeks, and things just kept coming up. And uh, <laughs> but we're finally here. Um, we also have with us tonight today. Goblin Ratchet, what's up, Gabble? Oh, not too much. I'm. Uh, it's it's been what like a month since the Switch came out. I've I've been living in Hyrule for a month, so thinking yeah. about Destiny is weird. Yeah, between uh, between that and Horizon and some other stuff that's been going on, man, that's been I know taking up a lot you, of your time. If you mention Horizon, I'm going to derail this talk <laughs> instantly. <laughs> Back it up. Actually, a two-hour <laughs> record, record scratch. <laughs> <laughs> we also have with us... Uh, oh, I forgot to tell everybody that today was also the 24th, because um, that's where Sherb is Aww. at in the future. In the um, future. We've got... Oh, sorry. Zealot Pop. Sherb, how's it going? 
It's good. I missed you guys. It's yeah. so good to be back podcasting. It's been too long. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I know I missed you too. And yeah, I missed you too, Gable. I know I didn't say it, but I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and with us, we've got um, one good of luck our. That. What's that? <laughs> I said, good luck saying well, that name. Yeah, I mean, just before the, this is what the the most mispronounced name ever on the show. Yes, <laughs> probably. Yeah, and you know, a lot of a lot of the majority of the time, I I do it on purpose, but I'm going to um, attempt it. Oh wow, I didn't even read that correctly. Now, uh, it's not that bad. <laughs> oh wait, I didn't read that either. I, I have to say that. Dang it. Okay, um, with us tonight, our guest is Paracausalology. That's pretty close. Yeah, it's admirable. <laughs> it, it's a cosmology who we talk a lot about, and uh, he's in our Slack. And why is Gabble laughing? Did I say it wrong? Isn't it cosmology? There's not an O after that L. So it's cosmology. No. Yep that that's that's about as close as as most people will get. Cosmology. <laughs> cosmology. Which doesn't make it right. Well, he's here with us, and we love the guy because he's in our Slack and he hangs out with us. And I played with him on PS4 last week, so uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring him in because he's our our resident cosmic physicist type and gives us lots of info about <laughs> paracausality. La la, I'm gonna say that la la a lot tonight, just so you guys know. Uh, <laughs> so, how's it going, Cosmo? It's good. Hey, 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 Gabble and, and other non-warlocks. <laughs> oh, oh, ouch. That's how it's going to be. Ouch. I yeah. forgot you were a warlock. Yeah, that's finally, <laughs> I'm stuck alone with a bunch of hunters. We'll put our differences aside for the sake of the episode, and yeah. we will continue our ragging on each other's classes in Slack after we leave the recording. So, Well, we got to go through our, our normal rigmarole for uh, <laughs> for people Rigo, that come on Rigo the show, Malone. so tell us about you and how you play Destiny. What's your uh, class race? Uh, favorite lore? <laughs> kind of loadouts you like? Um. So as as you may have guessed, I am a a warlock at heart. Um. Play awoken female. I I actually when I booted up Destiny, I basically looked at the default Awoken female and said, hey, that looks pretty cool. So I'm, I'm that, that purple-faced warlock. Um, and, yeah, my loadout is, I like I like those high rate of fire uh, scout rifles, like the, uh, the Anal Shadow. I had one in year one that was Zen Moment and Firefly. Nice. And that was fun. But, but I managed to get myself a fake bringer, so I've been, I've been rocking that. Cool. Good roll on it. What? You have a good roll on that? Yeah, it's, it's the uh, the Firefly Outlaw. Oh snap! That's awesome. Yeah. So, what about lore? What's uh, what's your favorite bit? Um, I mean, obviously the the Vex. Um, I like the Vex and and some of the like the the sword logic stuff where it's, you know, okay, let's take our universe and then let's let's twist the rules a little bit and see what happens. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Right, so uh, before before we go any farther, hang on. I'm gonna I'm going to alert all of the listeners to this because I'm pretty sure he does it on purpose. I'm looking at his Imago loop right now, and yes, it has Outlaw and Firefly in the middle column. He has Hammer Forged, Rifled Barrel, and 
the bonus damage against Hive Wizards perk that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. And he's running Hammerforged. Please tweet all of your rage and hate <laughs> at him <laughs> for not running right. I, I run Hammerforged basically so people are angry at me. Yeah, so he deserves it. He deserves nice. it. Send him all your hate. All right, jerk. So um, <laughs> let's uh, let's keep going here a little bit. Uh, so you've you've written a few things that have ended up in the uh, the the Destiny lore subreddit and gotten a little bit of, of recognition from some other folks. Uh, tell us about uh, you did one. What was the one about that you did uh, comparing? What was it? The sizes of? Well, I'm not even going to try to guess. What'd you what'd you write? What kind of stuff have you written? <laughs> so so the first thing I started out with was basically trying to figure out the size of the traveler because in Slack we'd been debating it a lot and I was thinking there's there's gotta be some way to figure this out with geometry and and trigonometry and that kind of stuff. Um, so that that was kind of my, my first attempt at doing this kind of I'd say it's almost scientific analysis <laughs> right um, to destiny um, so yeah I was trying and and one thing that kind of made it possible was I forget who put it up but the the weapon sizes um, like how physically oh. big because that that was like okay now we have a benchmark for like how big are things in the destiny world so that helped a lot in in making all of this possible and then of course private crucible matches. Are, are much more convenient because it's hard to, to go to a rumble and say, okay, I need none of you to shoot at me. I've got to do some calculations. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm measuring here. Yeah. How much easier would it have been if they had private matches when you were writing that? Um, Probably a little bit. A little bit. I think I the first one I wrote when they had private matches, although ironically there's that mission on Bannerfall for Gallarhorn, and that oh, would have yeah. done fine as well um, because in the first part there's there's nothing shooting at you. Right, so, right. ironically, even without private matches, um, that would have been possible. Nice. Um, but then there's all those cutscenes that completely throw off the size, too. <laughs> yeah, there, there are also a lot of inconsistencies, um, especially with the skybox. If you look at the galaxy, there's like four or five galaxies it looks like we live in because it just loops. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, cool. Um, Inconsistencies in Destiny? Hey, now. Hey. Okay. Well, before we get into that, um, (laughs) anything else you want to add before we kind of move on there, Cosmo? About anything Um, else you've been a part of? I know that... Did you do any of that uh, TLDR that... TL... Did I say that right? Yeah, TLDR that they had in Slack? No, I did not get to be a part of that, unfortunately. I had had other stuff. But I've, I've got a few other things that I've posted about. Um... I know I did one about um, orcs orbiting Saturn, so when you kill him in King's Fall, he kind of floats towards Saturn. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember so that. I was kind of looking like, okay, is he actually going to go to Saturn, or is he just going to stay in orbit? Kind of because the holding of the Books of Sorrow is, okay, the worms live in center of gas giants. So, you know, if there's a, a worm going in there, is that a bad thing or not? <laughs> right. Well, if you want to know the answer, if he is floating co- the correct trajectory towards there, and you don't already know it, you're going to have to go find Cosmo on the Destiny Lore subreddit 
and I, look at some I think it's stuff. actually in, in just the, the Destiny. The general subreddit. Destiny one? Okay. We'll go find yeah. Cosmo and look at all the stuff he's done in, in the Reddit because there's... I'm sure there's we'll plenty. consider putting links in the show notes too. Oh yeah, we can do uh, that. Let's just how yeah. funny. <laughs> we can just do links. Yeah. How funny would it be if in Destiny Two, if you flew past Saturn, like Oryx's chrysalis is just slowly orbiting, and every once in a while you see it fly past your ship window? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't remember when that happened. There's there's so many <laughs> there are so many little references they could toss into Destiny Two to make it fun for the year one players that. I just think would be amazing, or for the Destiny 1 players. You know, I, we were kind of joking about this earlier in a semi-serious conversation in the, the Slack lore channel, and I said, you know, as many times as Drop has mentioned the, the corpses without hands, I'm like, there should just be a huge <laughs> pile of hands somewhere in <laughs> Destiny 2 that you just happen upon, and you're like, hey, look, there's all those hands. Who the hell piled them up here? <laughs> so, so yeah, there's a there's a bunch of cool stuff they could do. I'm excited for that. So, well, considering some of the new vault of glass armor, there's gonna be a pile of legs too. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know how far we want to go into that, but yeah, we we don't need to go into that really. Um, what do we have what, going the, on? The uh, pile of legs or the the new content? <laughs> hey, you don't want to know what's in that pile of legs. Don't come in there. <laughs> Um, I guess, hey, I said they should just offer him a giant leg monster that you have to fight later. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess this actually is kind of leading into our, our next kind of thing. We have our thanks and announcements, and we are kind of mentioned how much new stuff's coming up with uh, Destiny in year three. So this spring, we're getting the raids back, like you said, uh, drop. And they're doing some revamping. Now, I don't know. I, haven't, I didn't get to watch any of the reveals. I just got the kind of quick overviews from people in slack and and the this week at bungie so does anybody want to talk a little about what's happening with those i mean i know everyone listening probably knows but wouldn't hurt to just mention it real quick well we're getting all four raids raised up to light level 390 um we're getting all those old raid guns back the elemental versions will be exotic and there will be legendary versions that are not elemental um Challenge of Elders is back too, right? Like nobody seems to want to talk about that, but I think it's back. <laughs> I and, love Challenge uh, of Elders. Yeah, Challenge of Elders is awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything good to say about it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a dead ghost over there. I'm getting it. Well, there and so like today <laughs> was it today they had that the, the yesterday final, there was yesterday, yesterday the the yeah. final stream about it and they pimped out all the. The new armor they showed sets. all the armor mm-hmm. ornaments. Yep. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's going to be they fun. They also showed off a little bit of how the, the raids themselves are getting slightly redesigned. They're adding some new mechanics. They're doing some visual overhauls. There's a great photo that we had today of uh, the entryway uh, to the Oversoul throne from Crota's End, now lined with the Thrall statues and things like that. So Right, right. It's going to be interesting. Apparently they weren't able to de-cheese it, so they had to like (laughs) (laughs) So now all your players have to get on the statues and crouch at the same exact time to be able to make all the enemies despawn or something. Probably. It's all the bridge is always there, but now you have to just go dunk things in the statues like you do in King's Fall. Gavel, did you just almost spit your drink out? Mm -hmm. Nice. (laughs) Uh, This whole this whole camera business is so distracting and yet so awesome. (laughs) At the same time, so I, I should point out that the way my camera is set up, I only see half of Gabble's head. 
Is it like it a, a side half or like wait, the top or bottom? Is it the, is it the hairy it's half like, or the it's skin cut, half? It's cut vertically. Okay. So okay. All the other cameras on the screen. <laughs> nice. That's funny. All right. So, like we said, we've been gone for a while. Um, you know, I'll give you kind of my update. I've a lot of it's been been me. I, I was uh, jobless for a little while and was searching for a new job and got got a new job. And Yay. yeah, it was, it's exciting. I love it. Oh my gosh, it's the first time in ten years I've been happy to wake up in the morning and go to work. It's it's an amazing feeling, and I'm just like revitalized by this whole experience right now. So you know, I've been I've been wanting to. I, I just haven't had time really to do much because I've really been focusing on that and making sure that I'm I'm learning everything I need to do to get my to hit the ground running and and do my job well. So um, now that everything's settled in a bit, I've got more time. And I'm going to be devoting what I can to the show and getting back out there and, and getting in touch with our old, friends of old to, uh, to make sure we've got some good connections and get some more fun stuff happening. I know there's a few charity streams I've been, been uh, reading about coming up this, this spring that I'd like to get um, at least me and, and hopefully some of the other crew in and do a, pick, a, pick up a block or two in, in some streams and do some more lore streaming. I know we did, you know, I was in, I streamed for the, uh, the Derp fam for, for the Destiny Reset podcast, um, New Orleans Relief effort, and Drop jumped in, and we played for a couple hours one night and had a good time doing that, talking about the, about the, the flood in New Orleans, and also a little bit of lore. Um, so I'd like to do that again. We can, you know, with the new raids, Coming up and everything else, there'll be a lot of fun stuff to actually do. You know, we were, I think we were kind of struggling. I think it might have been Iron Banner that week or, or something going uh, on. I am just... not taking you into a 390 raid. What? <laughs> Man. <laughs> Come on. I'll put on, my, I'll put on my, my good gear. I'll try hard. Although, I, I got it. It'll probably be really fun. My crew, lately, we have run out of things to do. Uh, oh, so so carrying me will be something to do. That's yeah, so fine. carrying you. I'm the. Hey, you know what? We're, we were we three manning Wrath of the Machine. Nice. So, That's so yeah. carrying you. I mean, you argue you make it more difficult. So we're up, we're up for the challenge. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> I I, wow. I hey, I'm not easily offended. So I will take that and I will play because I'm right now. I'm playing for fun and having fun. And back when I was hardcore ing it. I uh I was good. I was I was all right. I'd carry I'd help I mean you know, I was I was doing all right carrying people through some raids on occasion, but just haven't played much in a while and I'm excited to get back into those raids that I I played a lot back in the day. I haven't played Wrath of the Machine hardly at all just cuz of time and and uh but getting back into the Vault and Crota will be great. So But yeah, so I mean like I said I've been I've been doing that work and um, I have been playing a little bit of uh, Horizon, and that game nice. is fabulous. I mean, that game is it's just amazing. So good. It's, it's yeah. It it just <laughs> yeah. I gotta quit looking at Gavel's screen, <laughs> jackass. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's 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 so good. I mean, they've they've done a really good job with that, and I've enjoyed every part of it. And I don't know why every game doesn't have that camera mode that they have. That is just so oh, cool. So oh my gosh, that is just amazing. Change you can change the time of day and yeah. the, the focus distance and just so much other stuff. It's just so cool. Um, and I keep getting booted back to old saves because I I 
like jump hack my way out of bounds <laughs> to try and get good photos. What do you know? What do you know? <laughs> I mean, he's the only one that's and, like got. He can somehow like trick the freaking dinosaur giants to follow him into the freaking well, void. A couple nights ago, I was climbing to the top of a mountain because I wanted a good photo. Yeah. And I managed to get really far up there. I'm like, all right, perfect. Now, I'm not out of bounds because you get the warning if you go out of bounds. So I, I take like two steps, and immediately the game boots me back to my old. It's like no warning, nothing. <laughs> it's like, okay, that must have been a glitch. I, I can do this again. Run back up there. Same thing happens. So I've been – yeah, that game's ridiculous. I just got to Meridian, and I'm level 41. I've been playing for 47 hours. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I've, I've been having problems playing too much Horizon because I, I played Bumper Jumper on Destiny, and that doesn't work on Horizon because you need to be able to hit the uh, <laughs> the right the right stick to, to scroll through weapons. And so whenever I go back to Destiny, I'm like, okay, time to jump, and I just throw a grenade at my feet. <laughs> when I go back yeah. to Horizon, I'm like, okay, time to bring up the wheel, and I just jump. <laughs> <laughs> it does not work. Yeah, Sunday, uh, I think it was, we were playing me uh, me and you, Cosmo, and Quack. Was Quack with us? Yeah, Quack yeah. was with uh, So sorry. <laughs> we had, no, we had, a good, <laughs> we had a good time. But uh, yeah, as soon as I jumped in there, we started running, and, I'm, and I hadn't played anything but Horizon for you know, a week and a half or whatever, and I could not function at all. My, my hands were just not in the right place at all, so... It's, but it's a great game. I, I highly recommend it. It got some great reviews. If you don't haven't seen it yet, at least go watch some some uh, gameplay footage of it because it's totally worth it. It's it's a good time. Um, don't even. I didn't watch any gameplay footage. I just jumped right in, and it just controls so beautifully. I think it's been described as sort of like a love letter to all the third party open world games that came before it. Right. So it takes sort of like these the best of all these different kinds of games and crafts this like perfect mix of those things. That's pretty accurate. Like you can when you play, you definitely like you get a little bit of feel like there's a little bit of Assassin's Creed in there and there's a little bit of Tomb Raider in there and there's a little bit of like all these different kinds of games uh just perfectly put together and thoughtfully crafted. Uh but where Horizon Zero Dawn is like this best of of everything that came before it gabble you've been playing <laughs> something you've been, you've been playing a game where they looked back at the past and decided to ignore everything <laughs> they really did <laughs> and create an amazing new experience yeah and let you climb everywhere was <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's like in horizon you can only climb where somebody spilled yellow paint in zelda you can climb everywhere yes. that's basically the difference in the two games uh, every weapon breaking is kind of frustrating sometimes, but does a master sword break? The master sword will run out of energy, oh. and then you can't use it for like ten. There's like a ten minute timer, and then it will have recharged, and you can re-equip it. Oh, okay, that's good. So it kind of breaks, but that's just like you can't throw it. Okay, the master sword is dark drinker plus bolt caster, because <laughs> you can spin attack and shoot lasers. So yeah, that would it be the master, the master sword, sword. <laughs> without a doubt. But you can't do you can't do phoenix uppercut. You can't do phoenix no, sadly. <laughs> so obviously, we're talking about Legend of Zelda on Switch, which Gabble's been just totally hammering and just playing that nonstop for the most part. Um, 
And yeah, so well, I haven't played that game yet. I don't have a Switch, uh, but they do have that on. Don't they have that on Wii U? Yeah, yes, they do. Yeah, um, but that thing, that game, man, the reviews for that—they've been toting that as probably one of the get- best games of like all time. Is that? What do you think of that? Uh, well, I mean, what was the what I was mean, the assessment? The assessment was Horizon Zero Dawn would have been game of the year if it hadn't yeah. come out like three days before Breath of the Wild <laughs> did. I, and, and can we just have a moment of silence for Mass Effect Andromeda that had to come out we, the oh, couple that, weeks after those two games? That like, poor game and those poor video clips uh, of people walking and looking like they're just, I mean, on, <laughs> on freak. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, you might as well be a marionette with these strings you got to pull to make them walk or something because they looked awful. There's one lady walked away swinging her arms and shaking her butt in such a weird way. And I'm like, what the hell am I watching? It felt, it felt weird. And I'm like, okay, they absolutely didn't do like mocap for this. And if they did, I want to meet the person who actually walks like that shit in real life because that Ministry doesn't happen. Walks. They just <laughs> mocap Monty like Python that. for it. There's no way. If you walk like that, then there that'd probably be the only reason they got hired. Like, oh my god, no one walks like that anywhere in the world. We're gonna use them for this. The most alien. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't yes. want to like dog on on Mass Effect because I love those games. I'm gonna play Andromeda and I'll probably really really enjoy it. But it's just the timing of this just did not work out in their favor at all. No, not at all. I mean, I haven't heard much about reviews on it. I played a couple of other Mass Effect games, but I don't know if I even finished one of them to be honest. Um, I wow. never. That was just something I never got into. Wait. I was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't you play never... the Mass Effect games hardly at all. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Just wasn't, wasn't my thing at the time. I don't remember yeah. what I was doing when those games were coming out. But uh, playing Halo, probably sure yeah. Sure Halo. I was probably doing out. Halo, Call of Duty, Gears, all that stuff. All the all the no think games that I didn't. All have the to bro put a lot games. Of, well, no. To be honest, hey, all the games I didn't have to put a lot of time into because I didn't have a lot of time. So shut up. It's funny. It's funny yeah. with the Andromeda one with all the uh, like. Uh, uh, animation errors because uh, my boyfriend's been playing it and I'll be talking to him while he's playing it and this huge grin will just come over his face in the middle of the cutscene he's like I found another animation error <laughs> this woman in the back is running into a box <laughs> well, I saw, I saw one screenshot of somebody like folded in half and the first thing I thought of was like what they do pull this out of goat simulator and like put people to those things because I mean it was I mean, yeah. this is what it looked like. It looked like people in Ghost Simulator. You smash with a goat. They fold in half and like flip flop all around. And I was like, "Wow, I'm not sure that I'm that disappointed that I'm missing out on it right now." That's well, the best bit. It's so entertaining. <laughs> right. That's why Ghost Simulator is such an awesome game because it, it they intentionally do stuff like that. I I, I wasn't gonna play Mass Effect Andromeda, but. I'm a big fan of Ghost Simulator, so Ghost Simulator in space sounds real good to me. Oh, man, you got me on that one. Gabble and I were just talking about how it's an interesting time for Destiny Year 3 to be kicking into high gear because there's there's like a a strangely large amount of amazing games out right now. Like there was Gravity Rush 2 and then Neo and then... Near just came out, and then we have Andromeda, we have Breath of the Wild, we have Horizon Zero Dawn. There's just there's usually not like a glut of really high quality games this <laughs> yeah. early in Is the year. Is it November right now? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, so all of a sudden, it's like wow, there's there's a lot of amazing games I I need to play. Like I've been, <laughs> I like this X-ray is signaling that he can hear people's games clicking. 
<laughs> I was trying to be nonchalant about it, but yeah, Draft had to sell me out. That's right. That's okay. Just leave him in. Somebody, somebody will bring him up in the comments. We'll get. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Someone we'll will hate star, Someone's never going to listen to us again iTunes. because there's clicking of controllers. Man, we've gotten some fun reviews while we've been off for these past few months. The reviews have been been entertaining. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no problem. Well, so anyway, we should probably move on to Destiny-related things. Yeah, let's uh, do that. Spend the entire show talking about Horizons Robo Dinosaurs and, <laughs> and Boston Dynamics. Yeah, Boston Dynamics and time freezing rocks and then climbing on them after you hit them with your hammer. There, there's a great video of somebody took all the all the fail like all these robot fails from the uh, the DARPA challenge videos and just sent them to the Benny Hill team. <laughs> I guess so everybody should should pause the podcast and go go watch that first and then resume because it's it's fantastic. I don't, I mean if you, I'll put links to the Boston Dynamics videos in the show notes. Jeez, like, terrifying. If you've never watched them and you play Horizon Zero Dawn, like you can very much see how that future is well on its way. <laughs> so, suddenly, suddenly bow companies are selling a lot more. This week. Yeah. <laughs> all I can all I can think of is uh is that that bit in Silicon Valley where, um, oh man, who's the guy who runs the house? Ehrlich. Uh, Ehrlich. Where Ehrlich, Ehrlich's car gets smashed by that robotic deer, and he gets out and kicks it. <laughs> he kicks it. <laughs> and, it, and it comes back and hits him, and he like falls backwards. Oh man, that's great. That's all I can think about whenever I play that game. Okay, moving on. The Vault of Glass. <laughs> Yes, as, right. as this is probably one of our most requested topics, it's something that we promised to cover uh, with the new raids coming back, especially with Vault of Glass coming back. Uh, the Vault really does stand apart, probably is the most favorite raid in all of Destiny, question mark. I mean, I'm partial to King's Fall. I think King's Fall is incredibly well thought out. Uh, the lore is presented very well. The references are presented very well. Uh, and it ties the whole Taken King together. I really like it. But Vault of Glass, even now into year three, is still this gigantic mystery. And I think that's part of the real draw is that we we don't know everything that happens down there. Like, it's a very clear path through King's Fall. It's a very clear path through Wrath of the Machine. If you aren't critically analyzing why we would even do it in the first place. But... Uh, the vault set a standard for raids that that is still yet probably to be matched, and with a new version with revamped mechanics uh, and maybe some a clearer picture of what is actually happening down there. It's it's time it's time to talk about the vault. I think yeah, and we have no reason. idea what's going to be different uh, here next or two weeks from now when that's live. Yeah, I think one we, of the reasons we do know that, that the uh, oh go ahead go ahead Cosmo the uh, the first part is going to be a little bit shorter. They were like, yeah, you, you don't need to spend all the time protecting those confluxes. I mean, you know, that's where you separate the real guardians from the frauds. I don't know why they're <laughs> shortening it. but Yeah, sink plates? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, I think part of the reason that, that it's one of the favorites is because of the second raid. And we don't have to go into that, but, you know, <laughs> you, had the, you had the vault of glass that was amazingly put together and 
you know, there were, you know, there people were finding ways to cheese it and stuff like that. And I'm sure we'll mention all that as we go through the, uh, through the vault. <laughs> but then all of a sudden you've got Crota's end and everyone's super excited because of how well put together the vault was and how long it was and how tough it was. And then you've got people just demolishing Crota and it, it was it With was rock band drum pads right it was a it was it was a sad scene so immediately people Nintendo like Nintendo power pad people like okay this is this is entertaining because we can get this done in 30 minutes or less you know that's delivering a pizza to Crota in the you know and I mean yeah, yeah it, sure the pizza is a sword and we smash it into him a few times but you know, it was it, people were immediately like, "Okay, the vault is the best of the raids," and that just kind of stuck. And so, all the other raids had a, a big, big kind of of. I mean, they, the the bar was set so high; they just yeah. they it was right, right right off the bat. So it was hard for the other ones to to compare. Um, but yeah, no, I agree though. Drop I, King's Fall was great. That's probably the raid I've played the most, just because um, that was the time I had the most time to play raids and and run a lot so that was <laughs> gavel gavel like creeping up on me with the with the freaking lego atheon lego atheon yeah or, or mega blocks atheon mega so. block all right Sorry. let's let's get into this the vault of glass don't want don't want any brand confusion <laughs> god forbid right so but all right. Yeah, and speaking just speaking of like you mentioned time, uh, I think a fun bit of trivia we can throw here right at the very beginning that uh, when they were playtesting the Vault of Glass, uh, Eric Osborne from Bungie said that his team spent forty five minutes just cracking the entrance. Jeez. <laughs> so that is the sink plates we were talking about a little bit earlier. So like, okay, forty five minutes on sink plates is kind of ridiculous. But that, that is think super the, ridiculous. But. Uh, it was Prime Guard that finished the Vault of Glass first on yes. September sixteenth, uh, and they had what they had like sixteen hundred total deaths <laughs> during their run. Like the the Vault was no joke. It's still no joke. We we can go back to the Vault now. It's like ridiculously overpowered. It's still a challenge. Yeah. Well, their their strategy for beating the Vault was a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they had they had two runs going, and they had a guy in another run that was farther back than their primary group, I guess, and he had gotten enough gear to level up again, and so he was a higher light oh, level. So yeah. they brought him in at Atheon, and it allowed them to do more damage and kill him before anybody else. Jeez. So, uh, Eric Osborne also claimed that during a play test, a group of players were not able to complete the raid even after sixteen hours. <laughs> Ooh. that's the kind of stuff I want to hear though make them hard yeah seriously I mean but it's tough like it's tough like that As, well here's the thing about the vault right so yeah people have beaten Crota's end blindfolded <laughs> with one hand while staring at the ceiling like I don't, it's ridiculous that raid uh, but then there's a very purposely introduced mechanics in King's Fall that can't allow you to do those kinds of things but still now we have people who are like soloing like Titans soloing Oryx like with ridiculous strategies. Uh, 
And then, gee, Wrath of the Machine, gee, like, they tried to introduce mechanics that are impossible, and players still found ways to do ridiculous things, like <laughs> killing, what, Vosik with just grenades and stuff like that. Is, <laughs> uh, but the vault is, like, still challenging. I've only ever seen one video of one person soloing the Templar as well. Like, it's not a common thing. We've had awesome vault explorers of people who have gone down there and climbed their way back out, or people like Surfer Boy who managed to get the Aegis all the way out to the surface of Venus. But the the vault itself is too difficult to to take on solo, or even even small teaming is tough. So it's still they put a lot of work into the vault, and it shows even even this day and age. So right, you can you can two man Atheon or or two person Atheon uh, with two Sunsingers. Um, I'm not entirely sure if it's possible um, because he'll just if there's only one person alive he'll just teleport you somewhere yeah. and then and then you're kind of out of luck. There's a video but of I, a guy of a, of a Sunsinger soloing Atheon that's pretty awesome um, and he just kept dying uh, like he would purposefully die whenever right, uh, yeah. he was about to get transported and then he would res and yeah yeah because times vengeance will automatically recharge your self res yeah i have three men it that way yeah so i mean there's like i said there's people are going to find ways and people are going to keep trying and trying to do different things and and somebody asked today in slack you know what's everyone's loadouts going to be for the new raids i said you know what this is if you've played them all before you might as well go in there and just have fun with it you know once you're going to play through it a couple times seriously but once you once everybody starts playing them a lot it's going to be like they are now, and because it's so familiar already to some degree, I know they're going to make changes, but people are going to just start having fun with it. They're going to be running all shotguns. There's going to be teams that are going to be all necromancers <laughs> as soon as they get that gun. You know, <laughs> going to be all legendary or exotic fate bringers. And I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be crazy, and it's going to be, and that's what it is. That's what they're trying to do with this. I think is just trying to make, you know, they're having to have, they're trying to have this, this kind of of reminiscent moment that everyone lived through for the past three years all wrapped up into this pretty little package for the next five months prior to D3 or D2 drop in D3. Uh, (laughs) um, And, and so it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun and it's going to be a a good, good way to go out. Just like, you know, the people that got the Gallahorn the last week of year, whatever it was from, from Zer. <laughs> from Zer. Yeah. yeah. And they get, you know, they got to, everybody got to join in and enjoy the Gallahorn and it's final moments of glory type of thing. So, and that's what these raids <laughs> well, are, in my opinion. If anybody ever kills Atheon using supplicants and memory of Teemer, I'm never speaking to them again. <laughs> take, take note of that, Cosmo. <clears throat> <laughs> as a known, as a known you know? raider with Teemer. That never even occurred to me. <laughs> Way to go, Gavel. <laughs> nope, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, so... I think part of the thing with the uh, all the crazy things people do with these raids is, like, I don't mind that people can do that, because it's like, some people really crave that difficulty that should be in the raid. And so when it doesn't meet that, then they set these crazy challenges for themselves to make it that level of difficulty that they crave, but some people are not as good at rates. And so if you can <laughs> solve it easily, but then someone like me <laughs> comes along and has never beaten a raid with less than five people. <laughs> and that was King's fall as well. And that was only on Oryx. <laughs> yeah. 
But that's the thing. I mean, there's, I, I haven't even. There's I haven't nothing even done wrong. the vault of glass that many times. There's and there's you guys nothing wrong the last with time that. You it's, took it's... me through vault of glass. <laughs> <laughs> that nightmare. Run. Oh. I remember hearing about that one. I was uh, kind of glad I missed out on that. Oh. Um, but no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's the whole point, you know. I mean, and I think there's going to be a lot of players that come back because they remember the raids, and I think there's going to be, you know, a lot of of these a lot of the players who were sherpaing people through for the past three years, like Gabble and like Cosmo, um, that are just going to eat this up because there's going to be players that have never played the vault. Last week, we were we were trying to record this episode last week, and something came up and we weren't able to. But the night, I think it was the night before or two nights before, I jumped online and, and Gabble was, was on, and we ended up running Vault of Glass with some people, and one of the guys said, I've only done this one time, so I don't even know what I'm doing. So we were explaining <laughs> to him what's going on. I had to dust off all my old Vault of Glass weapons, and I was running Vision of Confluence and uh, oh Praise Revenge, so and you know, just just having having a good time with those. My light level was garbage, but it was still fun. I know Gavel had Fate Bringer out the whole time. But it was, it was neat um, explaining did you still... Bring, did you bring new Icebreaker in there? No. No man, I used old <laughs> low leveled raid. Well, I actually had to I actually had to uh to I level even up. Have a new icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> I had to unlock all my perks on my uh vision because I don't know where I think I might have gotten rid of one and I had an extra one that I never leveled up. Nice. And uh so I had to I had to lo- I had to went through a whole bunch of modes real quick just so I could use it. But but no, it was fun doing that and it was a great time going back and playing that raid. So, like I said, I'm looking forward to Nothing. Nothing. There's no gun in the game still that feels as good as Vision of Confluence. Oh, it's such that a is, great gun. It is the perfect scout rifle. Solar burn <laughs> weeks for nightfalls were amazing with that gun. They were so fun, and you know, with I mean, between that and Icebreaker, <laughs> and pretty much Gallahorn, I guess if, if you you know swapping back and forth when you needed different things, you know, anything with solar was just great. I'm I'm excited to see what they do with these nightfalls too. Well, yeah, you got to remember Vision of Confluence, Black Hammer, Galahorn. There you Sorry, go. Sorry, Solar Burn. It's over. <laughs> yeah, I was saying it's remarkable how many people still haven't done the raids, even longtime players that haven't done them. Like, cause I think that time that we did that that crazy vault of glass that took hours because everything went wrong. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think we were doing that from memory because my boyfriend hadn't done it before, all the way through, and it's because he was like a solo player in year one. And it's like like look, looking for group in year one. Do you have Gallahorn? Get out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's intimidating. It's intimidating to go out and find players and play with, with people you've never played with before. And that's why, you know, drop stories of how they just demolished raids and nightfalls <laughs> and different stuff are legitimate because he plays with the same he plays with his same group every week and they know how each other play and they know what their yeah. their roles are. And so whenever you're a you're a solo player and you jump into these LFGs looking for a group, especially for a raid that you're unfamiliar with, it's hard to find people that are willing to help and that you can kind of get in that groove with and play it well enough that they're not going to just boot you out or boot somebody else out and say, "Oh, you know, this isn't working. We're going to find somebody else that knows what's happening." So Yeah, I'm super lucky that that my crew were as close as we are. I mean, it's my brother and his best friend. So, but we, we three manned hard mode Crota for the moments of triumph. And then Chrono, who's been on the show before he was missing, 
Outbreak Prime on his Titan. So Knight was on Hunter, which he never plays, and I was on Warlock, and Chrono was on Titan because we had to use the the different classes. So we decided, hey, I bet we can three man the opening part, the opening half of Wrath of the Machine. Like on our, this is like our, not even our B team; it's like our D team. <laughs> Uh, and it took a couple tries, but after when, when it stuck, like it stuck, like it was just so we just tore through it. I'm like, this is because we know exactly how the other person plays. We know exactly where we're going. The communication's wide open, and we know how to support each other in our different play styles. So it's it makes things like those challenges super easy. And when you watch guys like uh, the guys from like the Legend himself, when they were three manning the Death Zamboni. And using the, they were using the Titan Sun Charge to launch each other <laughs> across, the and it's just like like those guys play with each other nonstop, so they know, like on a in a split second, like what their cues are, and they can visually see, oh, you're ready to go, I know how to do this, without having to like oh, discuss it over and over and over and over and over. It's, it makes it makes challenging yourself that much more fun and, and a little bit you know less stressful. You can enjoy it more. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, that's just the theme of pretty much any game where you're playing as a team, you know, I mean, if you, in real life sports and in, in video games, because I used to run with this group that two of the, these two brothers were just, oh gosh, I forget which place, uh, which uh, PvP uh, type it was in Call of Duty, but they were like ranked in the top like 200 players in the world, and I'd get in there and I started running with them, and we would just roll over people and it was so much fun and i never had that experience really before because i was usually a solo player and it didn't really click until destiny that you needed you know you needed consistency with the same people to really if you want to if you want to do well at one specific part of a game or or, or you know team parts of a game that's what you got to do you've got to find groups and and play together and and that's not saying that you have to ignore everybody else but just know that that like those guys that are going to the lighthouse all the time, those three players play together every week on every one of their characters nonstop. And during the week they play together and they just know how each other play and that's how they get it done. So that's, and, yeah. and so speaking of three man fire teams, um, do we know, we know about a few, few three man fire teams that went into a place they didn't really belong Right. Well, let's find out. <laughs> let's let's start talking about the the show a little yeah, bit. Let's get into the actually class. talk about the the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll keep. It's been so long. I miss talking, and I just want to talk. I need to just. I need to just have like a. I need to save it. I need to save it for after the show. I need to. Yeah. Are you not allowed to talk at home? Actually. You know what? I tell you what. That's what's great with my new job too is that I'm back. I'm not sitting in a cube anymore, and I am interacting with people all day long just like this i'm talking to people and it's it's great it's my it's it's a perfect fit i i can't can't tell you how much i enjoy it so but yeah i need to just stop now and then after the show i'll just keep talking you guys can hang up and i'll just keep talking through (laughs) and find some more recipes to share with people and we'll figure out you know i'll just Infinite, infinite show. I need to just like nonstop, just Skype and let people just jump in and listen to me talk and then jump out. All right, let's go. Let's do it. The Vault of Glass. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this little quote we have here at the beginning um, from Ikora Ray. Um, 
The Vault of Glass, a wound in time, a landmark to the Guardians. Only a legend such as you would be up to the challenge. That's from the Taken War Venus. Uh, and the tagline for Vault of Glass is Beneath Venus, Evil Stirs. Uh, I put a warning here. This is less of a warning and more of a, oh my god, I can't believe we're actually going to try and tackle the Vault of Glass. <laughs> uh, it's very likely, very likely chance that this series will be larger and longer than the Books of Sorrow and King's Fall. And that was like nine episodes total. Uh, the lore, history, complexity, and number of references that make up the Vault experience are unlike anything else in Destiny and would be impossible to do a proper Ghost Stories investigation in a single episode. So if that's what you're expecting, too late. We're already an hour in and we haven't even talked about So that said, we're going to be exploring a lot of complicated topics when we discuss the Vault. So to preface this, we're going to cover some basics that should help as we do a deep dive into the Vault and talk about its secrets. There's going to be a lot of in-game lore and a lot of out-of-game history, as well as some of the key themes, influences, technology, sciences, and overall aspects that make up the complete Vault of Glass. Remember, these are just prefaces. We're going to thoroughly explore all of these topics as the series continues. Uh, That's one of the reasons we have cosmo here because when we cover quantum mechanics destiny and you we're going to need his brain uh so we start off super basic what is the vault of glass uh i have another quote here from my core array it says the vault of glass it is one of the vanguard's greatest triumphs the destruction of time's conflicts a victory over the vex collective mind vex technology disrupts the weft and weave of time itself and that is from the opening of paradox yeah, the oh, Vanguard's right. greatest triumphs. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody else hear my eyes roll right there? You mean you mean the the vault they didn't want to allow anybody else to even go to? The vault that at no point in all of Vanilla Destiny is mentioned except for once by Ghost in the archive. <laughs> yeah, that that greatest Vanguard victory. <clears throat> Also, we're going to, over the course of this series, we're going to come to discover that Ikora talks a lot about the Vex, but doesn't actually know much about the Vex. So, good on you, Ikora Ray. Keep she, flapping She's your been hanging out with our ghost. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, within the Vanguard, with the area specialty, she is the uh, Vex expert. It just means she she knows more than the other two about the Vex, which is not a high bar. I like that we and, both uh, just made finger quotes that nobody can see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Expert. <laughs> she's, she's the Vex expert of the Vanguard, not a high bar. And I think yeah. that maybe, maybe she's got a bit of a big head about it. Oh, yeah. I know all about the Vex. Don't you worry. And she can make things up. No one's going to refute her. Except us, because we know better. <laughs> Zavala knows 0.07% about the Vex. Cade uh, knows... Expert. Cade knows 1%, and Ikora knows 1.2%, thereby making her the expert. Yeah. <laughs> They're all the experts. The, the only actual expert now in the Vanguard is Eris being the Hive person, because she was a Hive for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Which, before Eris turned up, the Speaker was the, the Hive go-to, so oh. it shows how much the Vanguard sets a bar for knowledge. What do you mean she was? <laughs> Good point. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Different show. Different right. show. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, <laughs> so the, the Vanguard bar for knowledge about a race <laughs> in order to be the go-to for it is not very high. 
I'll give Cade. Sorry. Cade, yeah. Cade, Cade knows more than he lets on, but yeah, Cade's the fallen guy. Because if you if you have any missions, especially in year one story stuff that involve a certain race, those are the people you have to go to within the vanguard for those things. So those are the experts. Zvala's got Cabal, Cade's got Fallen, Icar has Vex, and the Speaker has uh, Hive until you find Eris. So, uh, right. experts. <laughs> experts. Finger quotes. Yeah. Alright, we got some other quotes here. Uh, the Cryptarchs are overjoyed, Guardian. An entire hidden archive full of Vex research, even chronicles of the legendary Vault of Glass. Perhaps this will finally help us crack its riddles. Uh, this is when you complete the archive. So, not that Rahul's an expert on anything, so... <laughs> and speaking of experts, we have another quote here. <laughs> uh, the Vault of Glass is unique in all the solar system. My scans indicate that other realities brush up against our own within the confines of the Vault. So maybe you could even say it's unique in all the universes? The Vex are confusing. Ghost. It is the most accurate ghost quote in the entire game. <laughs> yeah. Did you just compliment Ghost? The Vex are confusing. That's the that's the smartest thing he's ever said. All right, everyone listening who has said we've been ragging on Ghost too much, <laughs> and you, you he heard that right? Said something true. And that's accurate. the truest thing he ever said. We're complimenting him. I mean, but he I, said he was bad at math as well, so that's kind of true. But this quote again. This quote, like I hate to harp on this, right? But. <laughs> Go do back, you? Go back. Do you really? <laughs> go. I, I feel like maybe you don't hate it, but you can go ahead. I'm not going to stop you because that's what this show is all about. To so go back to our Fruit of the Garden episodes where we covered a whole bunch of inconsistencies. One of them we harped on, I harped on, was here's what we know about the Vex. Like, and ghost inconsistencies with what we know about the Vex. The very beginning of the missions on Venus Suddenly we have all these scanners, we can track the Vex, they're ancient, blah, 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 blah. And then a few missions later, he's like, here's what we have in the Vex. Uh, the Gate Lord's three stories tall, and blah, blah, like three things. It's like, really? That's all you know? And all, we, we've literally just been told more than that, like four missions. <laughs> they're confusing. But here Ghost says, my scans indicate that other realities brush up against our own within the confines of the vault. That's a pretty intense scan. That's pretty that's a, that, Yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> mega scan right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> what? That, that's a pretty significant revelation to tuck into this random line, <laughs> Ghost, that you can scan other realities. <laughs> right. But he doesn't know that the cabal are just hanging right outside that door waiting for us to... Type the wrong code in and get our butts kicked. So, like, so there's, there's like this Deus Ex Machina with ghost scans where it just provides whatever sounds interesting in the moment uh, right. without any kind of rules for what it actually can do. And he uh, says it so casually as well. The way he says it is like, it, it's it's just the realities rush up against. Her. It's just like reality has no personal space. Anyway, continuing on, it's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> What? Yeah, it's not like you open the refrigerator and Ghost is like, my scans indicated there might be some rotten food in here adjacent to your good food. This is like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> there's, there's complete other re- like this is this is this confirmation of a multiverse in Destiny? Like Ghost 
can scan for this stuff. Also, how does Ghost know the vault is unique in all of the solar system? He hasn't been all over the solar system. We can't even go all over the solar system. He goes further. He says universes. Universes. Well, yeah. So it's unique in all the universes. Uh, this is so. Just, I just want to be. Just so we're clear, we'll discuss this. We'll discuss this as this episode goes on. The vault is sort of like a potential confluence of timelines and potential realities. The Vex have invested monumental amounts of time and energy and power into creating this thing that can that can view and scan all these potential realities and timelines. And Ghost is saying that he can just scan for that. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, that's what it is. Oh, simple. <laughs> so it's like for all of Atheon's power, as we'll discover, like Ghost can just casually scan for all these things that like <laughs> Atheon was created to do. Like, <laughs> thanks, Ghost. I'm glad. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I can see the multiverse, but you can't open doors. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Uh, it, and you're bad at math. <laughs> it takes me five minutes to hack this satellite. Uh, maybe you should try hacking it in an adjacent reality. <laughs> uh, I, I always like to think he's got like, if in this case, he's got like all of the sort of hardware to do all this fantastic stuff, but none of the smarts to use it. Every time he's opening a door, I, I flash back to like Portal Two Wheatley trying to a a a a yeah. Like it's just uh, uh, every time. Like if you if you grabbed Ghost and looked directly into his eye, the entire vault of glass is inside there. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like all the tech is there. To do He's projecting all the fantastic it. Stuff. He just doesn't know how to use it. He's like, oh, uh, I scanned. I can see realities. Cool. My personal <laughs> theory is that it, it's actually Ghost is on a PS4. Just a little PS4, and every time he wants to do something, there's a firmware update. That <laughs> takes three hours? Yeah, okay. That's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the other realities that are brushing up against our own is the PlayStation 4 players and the Xbox players. <laughs> Technically right. playing the same game, but in different universes. And the PC players. Ooh. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Ooh. Except by German GameStop. <laughs> I thought that was an Italian game stuff. It was both today, actually. Oh, it good job, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the leaks. They don't care. They just they do what they want. And then in the 2014 gameplay experience uh, during the live stream from E3 in 2014, it was quote the most challenging experience that Bungie has ever created. Uh, we talked a little bit about the vault and where it stands in in Destiny. But this goes back through all of Bungie's content. So this is the most. This is more challenging than the Warthog uh, escape at the end of Halo ODST. I don't know, man. Some of the you know doing doing that escape at the end on all four um, ghosts. Those those are called. What the hell were those little speeders? Wait, what? And in Halo, the Covenant speeders. Yeah, yeah, they're ghosts. Yeah, the ghosts. ghosts. Okay, yeah. I was like, had a brain freeze for a second. I'm like, wait, they're ghosts too. Um, <laughs> no, you're, yeah, you're so to get ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> to get the, there was that achievement. There was an achievement that you had to. All four players had to finish that that race at the end on ghosts. That was pretty tough. That was that took a while to get a good group together that could do that. 
So yeah. I mean, they've there had, were they've some, had some, some crazy challenges like that in in Halo. Yeah, yeah Halo was tough. That was a that was back when I was achievement hunting, and when I finished that game 100, percent I was ecstatic because that thing was not easy to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, you have 100 percent in in Halo? Yeah, I think so. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, Halo Halo Three. Um, you know what? And then they had. I'm trying to remember if I know the last time they, the last expansion they had, they added some more achievements. I think I did all those because there were some weird ones. Like you had to get like shotgun kills on a specific PvP map, um, or you had to get like a shotgun, like shotgun spree on a specific PvP map that was not very easy to do. Wow. Um, now I gotta go look. But go ahead, continue. I will. I will look that up. I mean, that sounds difficult, but it's certainly not vault of glass level difficult. So I would agree. <laughs> like, just in, in individual events and challenges, rather than a whole thing, I think the Vault of Glass still is more difficult. But I've never played it not laggy and bugged out, so then again, I don't know. Yeah, that's the real challenge is the Australian Vault of Glass, which is upside, <laughs> upside Everything down. is trying to kill you. <laughs> that <laughs> parallel reality. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So that said, it's impossible to talk about the Vault of Glass and not talk about the Vex the same way it's impossible to talk about the Vex and not talk about the Vault of Glass. It is the arguably more important uh, in our system than even the Heart of the Black Garden uh, of Vault. And we'll discuss the relationship between the Vault and the Black Garden uh, later on in the series because that's a very important sort of a, a relationship that exists in the game. Uh, but as for the vault, it was described as the Vex Underworld by the Ishtar Collective. We learned that in the Archive mission. It's the only time in all of Vanilla Destiny that the vault is mentioned. Uh, the Vault of Glass is the core of the Vex Conflux network in our system, potentially unique across an infinite span of timelines and realities, as Ghost was so kind to point out. It's a place of immense power where the Vex can manipulate the cascade of time and wield control over the fabric of reality itself. While its exact nature is not completely known, is widely believed to be a massive quantum device. Okay, I just said a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about those things. Yeah. Uh, remember the Confluxes? We talked a lot about them in the Fruit of the Garden episodes, non-Baryonic streams. We find them all over Venus and Mars, as well as in the Prison of Elders. Uh, they're critical parts of the Vex gate network for communication, transportation, and as we'll talk about later weaponry so gabble you got some notes here about what a conflux is yeah this is some of the stuff we talked about in fruit of the garden uh where conflux um comes to the word confluence which is a junction of two rivers especially rivers of approximately equal width or an access uh, an act or process of merging um so literally we're looking at conflux as being places where time can come together from two different potential timelines um we actually quoted cosmo back on the fruit of the garden episodes i think he even added some new notes here yeah yeah i have, to have some some talking about the baryonic stuff oh yeah because yes. we called this uh this was cosmo's gobbledygook science gobbledygook <laughs> <laughs> yeah so basically um the thing about non-baryonic is kind of in physics the word baryonic has two meanings. So there's the first literal one, which is it's made up of quarks, which is like particles that are like protons and neutrons. Um, 
this is in contrast to particles called leptons, um, which are electrons and neutrinos and kind of smaller, lighter particles than bar baryons. So the first meaning is the literal classification of particles. Um, the other meaning is used in cosmology, which is kind of referred to normal matter that we understand versus stuff like dark energy and dark matter that we don't understand. The way the reason this happens is baryons are much, much heavier than leptons. So a proton is about 2,000 times the mass of an electron. Um, so if you're doing calculations with normal matter, you just kind of throw all the, all the leptons, all these electrons out because they don't, they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> and so you end up referring to all of the normal matter as baryonic matter because it, it sounds more fancy. But it, so in this quote here, um, they could be talking about, oh, it's a stream of electrons or, oh, it's a stream of material that we have no idea what it is. It's not normal matter that we understand. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, that's an interesting way of putting it. I mean, that sounds a lot more likely. Uh, I mean, non-baryonic certainly sounds a lot more interesting. Just, I had no idea that that literally could mean, oh, this is just stuff that, like, what? This is stuff that got tossed out <laughs> and is made up of it. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Now we have a, a better understanding of what a non-baryonic stream is. Okay, so back to this. I found it. So, yes, I have 100% on Halo 3. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I, yeah, I got a, I had to look. Dedication. Seventy nine achievements. I got seventeen fifty gamer score. Wow. Yeah, that was tough. And uh, ODST, I'm one achievement shy of a hundred percent. What is it? Gosh, I don't know. I got to do more research. No. Uh, and then like there were, I was, I think I hundred percented uh, Left for Dead. Which at the time I was playing a lot, and then Left 4 Dead 2, I was almost man. Those expert those, so those expert modes were hard, or whatever they were, whatever the dif most difficult ones were, they were not easy. Um, and then, uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of Call of Duties, I've I've hundred percented, which was tough. My first real achievement, which was hard, which I got to say might have been one of the hardest things I've ever done on the Xbox, is the Mile High Club in. Uh, Modern Warfare, and that was the... Gavel was trying to get Atheon to erase you right now from this discussion. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I just had to, I had to bring that up. I said I was going to check, and I did, and yes, 100% on Halo 3. So I'm... There you go. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I've already 100% of two I, games a Halo in my life. Here we go. Now we're all going to check our gamer scores. <laughs> I'm not going to look. No. For me, for me, it's Assassin's Creed and uh, the Prince of Persia remake. Oh, yeah couple others but i have already 100 percented uh lego pirates of the caribbean <laughs> and uh and fez which is an awesome puzzle game which took me weeks to man i haven't even 100 on destiny on that. i need to finish that up real quick i wish we could get lego destiny oh that'd be fun yeah that's true <laughs> Sorry, doesn't carry quite the same brand strength. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so this question is here because I originally had the word spire in that first one. But yeah, so the difference between a conflux and a spire, this will become important because we'll experience both these things in the vault, uh, and they are actually different things. And even within the realm of confluxes, there are two different things. 
So confluxes tend to come in two distinct forms, the white pillar kind that we just discussed, that non-baryon extreme form that we encounter in various story missions, and then the more complex sacrifice forms that we find during public events and in the Vault of Glass, uh, which are way more bulky and solid and have more parts to them. Uh, and the Vex can sacrifice themselves to them. This happens in the vault and happens in public events on Venus. Uh, it's At the moment, it's sort of believed that that second type of conflux is a form of paracausal or ontological weaponry that the Vex is developing. Uh, just because inside the vault, when enough sacrifices are accumulated, you're dead. Like, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, and outside the vault, when that happens, it... Uh, ends the event you lose so and then spires are much larger uh and serve very specific mechanical functions like opening realms that are normally blocked off like the uh black garden in the garden spire story and then the vault itself uh when you start the raid so and we'll encounter spires uh and confluxes uh along the way in the series and if you would like to annoy your friends, it turns out that if you use the Teamer artifact and turn a Vex that's trying to sacrifice itself, it keeps its pathfinding and will teleport to and sacrifice itself to the Conflux while all your friends try to shoot at it and can't damage it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that so, sacrifice, sacrifice programming is too strong. <laughs> Talk about a dick move. They're just wow. sacrificing for your own good. <laughs> it's just upset the whole time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you think the Vex doesn't do you think they're like they're like, oh man, I'm not sure if I really should sacrifice myself, and then you hit them and they're like, I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, infinite timelines. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. We talked about it during the Vex Fragment episodes. We talked about it during the Black Garden episodes. Uh, I referenced the Infinite Lane Highway or the Loom of Fate, both as analogies concerning that how the timelines flow through the vault. Uh, and the vault is the toll booth. Atheon is the toll master, toll keeper. Gate. Uh, he's not the gatekeeper. Uh, <laughs> the toll whatever. Yeah, he's the toll dude. Unless you're in Massachusetts where it's automatic. So <laughs> But it's like it's like you're driving down the toll road and the person there working in the booth can just move your lane into another lane with you having no idea that they're doing that. Well, if you've ever been through a huge toll booth, like the, some of those toll booths that have like thirty openings, they eventually merge back down into like a regular three lane <laughs> lane highway. So uh but they those those that toll booth is like the gate you can you can you cannot pass if the gatekeeper decides you're not going to pass but in this case not the gatekeeper in this case atheon uh or atheon can make new roads or uh, this is where towards turns like the loom of fate type idea where there's an infinite number of threads coming into this loom you know atheon controls the loom and the pattern that emerges out of the loom itself is under the vex's control what the pattern? The pattern. Anything that's not part of the pattern gets cut away. Uh, kind of like the weavers. Oh, wait a minute. The weavers are the hive. Oh, no, wait. The weavers are Theosian, the restorative mind. Oh, wait. 
<laughs> they keep recycling terms for different species. Uh, That's because Akora's making up all the terms, and she's just like, oh, weavers. <laughs> uh, also, why is the vault made of glass? Well, that could very much be linked to quantum architecture. Uh, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves when we talk about that. So let's not do that. Uh, let's talk about the Vex themselves before we get into all this insane uh, glass computing and things like that. We've talked about branches of Vex in the past. We haven't done a deep dive on it. This won't be a deep dive. This will be an introduction. We're mostly going to talk about the uh, programming factions that we'll find in the vault, including some weird ones like the... I'll just leave them out for now. Uh, so although we talked about them extensively, we've never done a full episode solely devoted to the Vex. They're a huge topic. It's impossible to talk about them, mentioning the Vault of Glass and vice versa. They're a highly complicated race, and when we still debate out to this day, uh, we've talked about the their silicate nature versus bioorganics versus machine intelligences versus all kinds of theories that are flying around about the Vex. If you're listening to this show, you're probably familiar with a lot of the Vex encounters and mechanics already in Destiny. So we'll do a quick breakdown here because the Vault presents us with some unique branches of Vex, and it's very important important to the lore of the vault uh, and we'll start off with the Hezen Corrective uh, these guys are identified by their plain brassy colored bodies which is a weird thing to say <laughs> does that mean they sound like trumpets? <clears throat> no it means they're well tanned <laughs> 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 please, please in post insert sad trombone music here. <laughs> so yeah, I think. Um, well, this the, I'm trying to see if there are any like really relevant parts of this grimoire. So I want to read the whole thing. Swarming across the Ishtar Sink, these Vex aggressively seek out and attack the Fallen House of Winter. Perform inscrutable operations around shining conflexes, and even show interest in the Golden Age ruins left by the Ishtar Collective. So these are the ones out by the uh, what this by the Citadel. These are the most common Vex that we find in the game. Uh, most of the Vex we find on Venus are the the Hezen Corrective. They're, like I said, they're they're fighting the House of Winter. They're manipulating things. You find them all over Venus. They're the the most common. Uh, and yes, they show interest in Golden Age ruins left by the Ishtar Collective. Well, considering that they were around in the Golden Age, as we sort of talked about in the Vex Fragment episodes, that's not really that weird. Uh, yeah, the bulk of our contact with Vex forces on Venus has involved the Corrective. Scholars willing to risk the reputation speculating about the Vex often assert that the Corrective is an agent of change designed to solve problems and remake the world in a form suitable to the Vex. Others contend the Corrective is simply a strategic distraction meant to draw away attention from the actions of the Hezen Protective. Uh, Two sort of like axis mines of the Hezen Corrective we encounter are the Radian Clocker and the Corrective uh, Permutation. Uh, I see the Radian Clocker a lot. It's the eliminate the target in the Citadel, mm -hmm. and it's the Hydra. Uh, and then on the other side, when it's the guy up in the corner, it's this guy, the Corrective Permutation. I think it's pretty interesting that, you know, this one specific group is, I guess they're, I don't know if it's their sole um, kind of focus, but the fact that they, it says that they, these Vex aggressively seek out and attack the Fallen House of Winter. Um, do they reference any, any other, I mean, I know we'll get into it, but are, are any other, any of the other Vex 
um, types kind of set like that too, where they, they specifically seek out one group or the other? Well, the House of Winter is the only major fallen house on Venus that we know of. So so it may just be due to the fact that they're just, housed they're the on only, Venus. Yeah, but they're okay. the only ones there. And yeah. also fallen have a habit of like seeking out things and scavenging and so maybe they're just they're fallen are more likely to go into vexy places and take things apart and ruin stuff so they're like get out whereas we sort of just go in and kill stuff and take the dead stuff we don't necessarily break apart their buildings and things like we don't spray paint all the walls and hang flags everywhere that's what the fallen do so they're a little bit more destructive to the area than we are. I mean, they're still killing us, but that could be why they're getting their fallen out, because they would ru- ruin the pretty buildings. <laughs> Wait, don't also, the... Aren't the... Love, don't the wolves... Who? Aren't the wolves on Venus? Well, the wolves are everywhere. Well, yeah. No, I mean, do we... I wonder if there's any instances where the Vex are fighting the wolves at all, whenever they appear. Well, there are. In House of Wolves, yeah, Skolas straight up raids the vault. <laughs> Oh, and he also yeah, raids. Right. He, he also okay. raids the uh, the spire as well. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's also like the context and the story, as opposed to just the current situation. Whereas in the grimoire, it's more referring to the current situation. Is yeah. that the winter and the vex are currently locked in fighting? Yeah. Also, radian clocker. A radian is a unit of angular measure defined such that an angle of one radian subtended from the center of a unit circle produces an arc with an arc length. Uh, so yeah, radian's a radian is a fun geometry term. And a clocker is a drug dealer, especially one who sells <laughs> cocaine or crack. <laughs> so wait a minute. So this kill the target is like He's a math dealer. Like, math is <laughs> drugs. Math is drugs to the Vex. So this guy pops kids. out, and he's selling a bunch of math drugs to the Vex that are all there, and you got to stop him. Boom. Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. Wow. I'm high on math. <laughs> <laughs> math, coke, crack, yeah, whatever, math. I like it. I, I will add that a, a radian is kind of the, the natural unit of angles. So, like, degrees is kind of a, a made-up thing that we humans made up, but but radians, because it's based on, like, the number of radii in a, in the circumference of a circle, is, is kind of a natural unit, so it appears in math all over the place. Like, if you do everything in radians, like, you don't have to do any conversion whatsoever. Oh, look at that. It's pure, uncut math for those Vex. <laughs> <laughs> Those don't show any to rule. <laughs> yeah, wow. as well with those glimmer crystals. <laughs> yeah. We're going to start seeing Wait, methadone un- clinics. Math? We're going to start seeing methadone clinics popping up yeah. all over Venus. I can't believe methadone. methadone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. At the end of that card, they mentioned the Hezen Protective. So they get the Hezen Protective here. Uh, these are the same brass color, but with the white stripes on them, not the band. It'd be funny if it was. The Hezen Corrective is a well-tanned white stripes cover band. Uh, <laughs> the on. Uh, just imagine Vex oh. with Meg White's face. There you go. Oh, no. And so the Corrective is not found in the vault, but the Protective is. Uh, 
The mysterious Hezen Protective is the second major Vex behavioral unit on Venus, uh, concentrated on the legendary Vault of Glass and the Endless Steps, the site of massive Vex gate and access point to the towering citadel that Protective's behavior seems very defensive. Leading cryptarchs and experienced guardians went it would be a fatal mistake to think of the Vex as a conventional military occupying an area of Vex, which is what exactly what Zavala does on Mars. Uh, Vex behavior is always a process, active and purposeful. The protective is clearly engaged in a colossal project, but as with much of Vex behavior, it's unclear whether their ultimate purpose is even comprehensible to us. The protective may be reacting to an event that is yet to occur or working towards a goal that to us is already historical fact. Two major Vex that are part of the Protective are Zydron, the Gate Lord of the Endless Steps, and Vecron, the Spire Lord from the Queen's Ransom mission. Uh, so two very, very powerful Vex are members of the Protective here. And as to what those major things are, it again, these were written before Taken King was in place, and once Taken King sort of was added to the world, it very much seems like this purpose that they were trying to defend against was the eventual sort of taking of the vault by Oryx and his factions. And takening. The takening. <laughs> <laughs> the Taken King too, the takening. Uh, I can so, remember yeah. um the the gate that Zydron comes out of, a lot of people there were a lot of theories about how if you left, if you loaded into the vault of glass and you sent one person off to that gate and the other five went and got down to Atheon, that that gate would open up and it would let you go to some <laughs> mysterious land that had that seventh chest. But sadly, it never worked out. That just yeah. sounds like a really good excuse to ditch one of your friends without them knowing. <laughs> go stand by this gate. <laughs> you right about me, an man. Hour. You'll get a treasure chest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the vault of glass equivalent of just stand here and shoot rockets. Yeah, but we know we know where that gate goes. At least, kind of, it goes into the black garden. Right. Okay. Just so you know how my mind works, as soon as you talked <laughs> about Meg White and on a Vex, I had to search for Vex playing drums, and so I found a picture <laughs> that I posted in Slack. You should probably look at. That is Cade Six playing drums, and freaking. Oh my gosh, it's uh Oh my goodness. Did you see that? Look at tapping on the core <laughs> yeah. of that box. Cade playing drums with Aris Morn next to him, banging on a cardboard box. Yeah. Beautiful. It's okay. it's a pretty amazing picture. I just had to share that. We'll have to link that in the notes. <laughs> Done. Can do it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just but. uh it's been too long. That's the best. I that. <laughs> we know that Zydron's gate goes to Pantheon. Because we, we learned that in Taken King during the uh, the Night Stalker missions. Yeah. As for what Pantheon is, who knows? Uh, and we're, we'll talk about these later on because it very much seems like Pantheon linked to the gate network, ties it to the vault. Also, the Timekeeper, that PvP map, is also tied back because Osiris uh, believes that the, the Timekeeper plays a very important role. Uh, in the Vex mechanizations. So we'll talk about those a little bit later. So one interesting thing is that the Praetorians who guard the vault are not from the Heason Protective. They are from the Virgo Prohibition, which are the, the guys on Mars. Oh, interesting. 
Really? We're going to and we're, we're going to come across this quite a bit where sometimes random vex show up in places that we would not expect them to show up. <laughs> uh, and whether that is just they were cut and pasted into a new thing <laughs> like on the background in like out of the game destiny or it's very intentional, uh, I'm not sure. But wow, great that's awesome that those those Praetorians are part of the Virgo prohibition. Let's get some good. There's some good. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, I'm just looking. So, well, okay. So Hazen Corrective, right? They have one of their their prime Minotaurs is called the Corrective Permutation. Then the Virgo Prohibition also ha- has the Prohibitive Permutation. Uh, so, naming naming conventions. Uh, now, okay, well, I mean, we could do another Virg- the Virgo Prohibition. I don't have the grimoire entry here for the Virgo Prohibition, uh, if there is, if there even is one. Some I think it's have. the one that talks about them fighting the Cabal, right? The War of Attrition with the Cabal? Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about it briefly on the, in the Fruit of the Garden stuff. There we go, so I'm going to add right now, uh, the Praetorians in here. Praetorians. No spelling suggestions. I probably didn't spell that right. <laughs> AKA fodder for my new sword breaker here in a couple yeah. of Uh The Virgo Prohibition also, you can edit that. It's not true. Uh, includes the Prohibitive Mind from the Rising Tide mission, uh, the Prohibitive Permutation from the Buried City, uh, the Conductive Disciple, which is from the Spark and Shadow quest for Tickle Fingers. Uh, electric warlocks, whatever they're called. Uh, <laughs> Stormcaller, 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 Storm, Storm Jaw, Thunderjaw. Thunder- <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Pickle fingers. Uh, Emperor Palpatine, and Vecron, the conductive mind, also from Spark and Shadow. Can see Gabble laughing. It's weird to see the video. Warlock hatred. That's right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do Soul Divisive first because we already talked about them. Uh, they are found in the Black Garden. Uh, so, and we've, we talked about them during the Black Garden episode. But beyond the towering Meridian Bay Gate lies the Black Garden, adrift in space and time. And within the garden dwell the Vex of the Soul Divisive, frozen in rapture. We have precious little insight into the device's behavior. They seem central to Vex actions in the solar system. Um, the garden is clearly a place of enormous power. <laughs> to which I note, yet our purging of it in the central storyline of the main Destiny game has no discernible effect on the Vex presence in our system. So, how important could it be? Uh, Legends and scant field reports indicate that divisive Vex behave religiously. Why would a hyper-intelligent, time-spanning thought mesh exhibit religious behavior? We already know the answer to that question, thanks to the Books of Sorrow. Uh, the answer seems as obvious as it is chilling. If the Vex found worship and devotion more effective than any other behavior, they would adopt it. Whatever the Vex found or made in the garden, it transcends even their power, uh, which we know is the Black Heart, which we know is linked to Oryx and the Taken. Uh, a key soul divisive uh, major is the divisive oculator in the Black Garden during the Undying Mind Strike. 
Uh, but they are found only in the Black Garden, the Soul Divisive. So the other two Soul classes are found in the Vault of Glass, and they are the Precursors and the Descendants, uh, colloquially known. So the Precursors are actually the Soul Primeval. Uh, they are identified by the silver-white frames and their angular heads uh, in the vault. They're always majors. There's no normal strawberry bar soul primevals. Uh, they're... What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. I was just laughing. I'm looking at you because you're wearing a red shirt, which makes me think that if anybody's going to die in this episode, it's going to be you. <laughs> you're not going to know if I'm bleeding. This is, this is my... Uh... My Stranger Things shirt. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Soul Primeval. Those who delve deep into the Vault of Glass have seen time itself torn asunder. Awestruck ghosts report encounters with ancient Vex, their casings built long before the age of humanity. How would they know that? Uh, it would be easy to assume these Vex are the ancestors of those we face today. But with the Vex, it's never so simple. And then it ends. With the Vex, it's never so simple, yet it doesn't tell us why it's never so simple. <laughs> so thanks for the that. The Vex are confusing. Clearly. <laughs> uh, also, those who delve deep into the vault have seen time itself torn asunder. Who has come back to tell us that other than Pain? Those. Who's, yeah, who are those? The Vanguard. I guess we are. <laughs> As a whole. We're, I mean, we are those. Yes. So my question here is that it confirms that there have been many other explorers in the vault before us. But how could they have gotten so far into the vault to see time itself torn asunder and yet made it back out? Mm, like, maybe the ghosts have better signal than ours. Who were these guardians? Like, we never... We we know the story of Kate. We'll cover Kaber and his fire team and the craziness that happened to them. But at some point post-Kaber, but pre-us, <laughs> a whole bunch of people went into the vault, saw time torn asunder, awestruck ghost reported encounters with ancient Vex, and they got back out somehow? <laughs> I mean, is it possible that there were lone ghosts going down and coming back out? I mean, they, it doesn't make sense in the context of those, and then they say ghosts later. It, it really hints that it was people going down there and yeah. come back out. But is it possible that they could have sent ghosts down there? But how did the people? ghosts open the vault door? And why would we send ghosts, like the most <laughs> valuable resource we have as the only things that can create risen, <laughs> and go down there into this horribly dangerous place, please, by yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Good point. But they seem to do a lot of things with ghosts, leaving them <laughs> as messengers and stuff. I mean, if ghosts can open the vault door, why do we have to use the sink plates? Why can't we just, like, no, they just ghost open this? <laughs> scan the alternate realities, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just stand at the door and scan it. <laughs> well, why just, do we even need to go down there, then? They just pull out their sparrows and hop right through the door. Oh, yeah, the ghost-sized ghost <laughs> sparrows. <laughs> I mean, the crack in the door is actually probably wide enough that a ghost could just fly right through. I've actually wedged myself between the entrance to the vault and the vault door <laughs> itself. You can get in there. It's possible. <laughs> it's hard to get out once you get in, but it's possible. Uh, you can shade step into weird places. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, this is, we don't know. We don't know who these others were who went down there uh, and saw time torn asunder, but somehow came back out and were okay enough to tell somebody that. We don't know who wrote the grimoire, so who knows? Maybe it was Oryx. 
Some famous soul primevals, the Undying Mind, who still has no real name. Uh, Bob. It's just the und- Bob. <laughs> Bob Bob Drion, <laughs> the Undying Mind. He's the, uh, he's the Mossy Hydra, right? Yes. Uh, he's in the Black Garden, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes. So, is that the... They, he has the uh, primeval and whatever else in that at end encounter. Isn't it? Yeah, yes he does. Oh, that's that's so right. So they're in so the Black Garden as well. They're in the Black Garden as well. Look at that. Yeah. Black Garden. Yeah, and they spawned right. Is it, right is it both of them or just the shiny ones? I don't know because I only ever fight that strike from stage left, so <laughs> I never <laughs> yeah, go to the side. Me as, yeah, <laughs> as well. I only ever. I'm only ever behind. So, yeah. So I'm not sure who's over there on the other side. Let's we should jump down there and find out if those are precursors and descendants or just precursors. Uh, well, somebody who's listening right now is yelling the answer at us. So yes, that's true. We'll just listen. <laughs> also, how come it's only the Undying Mind that's got like the triple shield deal and not anybody else? Although I guess new new Nexus Mind has it, but uh, a few different a few different uh, major Hydras have slightly different shielding though. Like and a, few mind- a few different ones with slightly different shielding mechanics, so it could just be a. But know. like, if you're the undying mind and you're like, I need some sort of shield to surround me in case something comes and throws bullets at me, why do you pick one that has gaps in it? Because three shield is better than one shield. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the it's entire Vex network worked on that computation. Was like. <laughs> Three shields is better than one shield. Three greater than Four one. More shields the better. <laughs> okay, well, don't, I can't argue with that logic. Don't, <laughs> don't argue with minds the size of planets. Minds the size of planets, shields the size of not planets. Yeah. But uh, three of them. But three of them. Wait, no, because new Secreon has complete shield. You have to take Templar it down. Templar shield. Yeah, right. to take it down with the Aegis. Uh, but he's a prime one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, primeval mind apparently. Uh, that's also in Black Garden. So, uh, and Atheon is part of the Soul Primeval. So, some of these things don't show up in the kill cam, the kill feed as factions, but there are times. Sorry, I was watching Gabble take his headset off and like smell test wherever he is. <laughs> oh, there's just music. Oh, uh, but Atheon is this same sort of. I mean, he's sort of like glassy white uh, with a sharp angular feature, so he's believed to be part of the Soul Primeval. Um, and then the flip side is the Soul Imminent, uh, aka the Descendants. And here we go again. In this grimoire entry, it says, Survivors of the Vault of Glass. <laughs> Report sightings <laughs> of ancient Vex. Who are these survivors? Where are they? How did they survive? <laughs> do they know things? What do they know? Uh, ancient, <laughs> ancient in the sense that they have endured for eons. Convergent analysis from multiple ghosts suggests these Vex exist in our future. So i just like to point out here that... Mo- multiple analyses from ghosts can see the future. <laughs> Why okay, do we I, do anything in this game? If they can scan the multiverse, they can scan the timelines, I'm sure. 
Okay, I got to jump in and just make sure of something. That was a okay. BoJack Horseman reference, right? Yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> Ghosts can do everything the Vault of Glass can do, apparently. It can see alternate realities. It can see adjacent timelines. It can see the future. Like, <laughs> what? Well, no, they're going to exist in our future because we didn't kill them all. Ghosts of X. I mean, it's is it is it one of these like ridiculous things? Like, oh, they exist in our future. Like, I can tell. Like, oh, you know what exists? This this can exists in my future. Ready? Oh, now it's the future, and it still exists. Like, exactly. like second. Second to second, you can predict the future pretty accurately. Uh, <laughs> we didn't suggest they exist in our distant future. Uh, I guess that's true. Future. <laughs> the year two thousand. Well, here's the. So that means the next they, one. they could just be saying there are Vex down there. You'll probably encounter them. They've <laughs> analyzed that they're in our future. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Ghost. Yes, thanks, but Ghost. Then, this very next line says, if the Vex exists in our future. So the previous line says, convergent analysis from multiple ghosts suggests that these Vex exist in our future. And the next line starts with, if they do. Yeah, that's because whoever's writing the Grimoire doesn't trust the ghost analysis. <laughs> why? It's because so? the Vex are confusing. This has all been explained by ghost an hour ago. So in, in terms of scientific tests, a convergent... Um, you'll run a convergence test to see if a result converges. It doesn't prove that a result converges, but it demonstrates that it probably does. Um, so basically, if you if you have some result you're looking for, you run it over and over and over, and every time you get closer, you may not make it there, but you're saying, okay, every time we do it, it gets closer. We're pretty sure that we got it right. So it's not a... a Convergent analysis is, is something that it's not certain, but it's very, very likely. Okay. Within within acceptable probability. Yes, that, that is a good way of putting it. If the Vex exists in our future or possible future, then we should take it. This is evidence that their defeat is impractical or, or unattainable. The Guardian Vanguard is quick to point out that time travel remains a mystery, that the continued existence of the Vex is not remotely a sure indication of humanity's extinction. I don't think anybody mentioned that it was. That sounds like a very <laughs> Zavala thing to say. Uh, this definitely was not written by the future war cult. No. Uh, <laughs> the Eshetan mind is soul imminent, and the Gorgons come up as descendants soul imminent. Uh, and these guys, these are the uh, the black and brown colored frames with the funny ring-shaped heads that you want to dunk a basketball through. Uh, oh, man. Sword through and swing them around. How come Rift, why in Rift, take <laughs> the spark and dunk, <laughs> dunk, it, it, in a dunk it through a descendant's head? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, they should mount, they should just mount one in the tower to try and kick the soccer ball through. Oh, that big floating purple ball. Oh, we're too busy ripping off their legs and replacing their own with theirs. Oh, don't even... <laughs> It'd be like one of those that trophy, trophy walls with all the bits on it, just a head you can dunk in. Oh, that's great. And you'll be able to determine what kind of Vex you got your leg from with your shader. Oh. What if it's an old-ass descendant leg? You get, do you have like a hobble? Like you have a crappy brown shader? <laughs> it gives you a limp when you run. 
Uh, I don't know. So then, then there's the Soul Progeny. Uh, the Soul Progeny aren't really a faction. The Soul Progeny are the three heads of the Soul factions, the Primeval, the Divisive, and the Imminent. We talked about this in the Black Garden. These are the three uh, greater minds that you face at the end of the Black Garden mission. Uh, but strangely enough, there's two other Vex that are listed as Soul Progeny. Uh, the Groundskeeper, which only appears in the Blood in the Garden mission. Uh, we talked about that during the No Time to Explain during our exotic episodes, exotic weapon episodes. And the Overmind Minotaur from the Prison of Elders, which is strange because Quadron is not part of the Soul Progeny, but the Overmind Minotaurs who protect Quadron are. And the Soul Progeny have a very unique purpose within the Black Garden. So why they appear in the Prison of Elders to defend Quadron is un- unknown. Uh, so we talked about the Virgo Prohibition briefly. Those guys are over on Mars, apparently, except for the Praetorians who, who hitchhiked to Venus just to guard the sink plates in front of the vault. Good work, Virgo Prohibition. Uh and then there's the Aphix Invasive, who have no Grimoire entry. Uh, and they're an interesting breed. Uh, based on where they appear in-game, the Aphix Invasive are commonly believed to be a kind of security force for the Vex, although their naming conventions do not seem to match that assessment. You wouldn't be invasive if you were a security force. <laughs> As for where they appear in game, they're almost always powerful minds. Uh, the Minotaur that guards the cliff overlooking Secreon, the Nexus Mind, is part of the Aphex Invasive. The soldier units that protect Quadron, Gatelord, are Aphex Invasive. The fanatics that protect the Templar and the supplicants that protect Atheon are all part of the Aphex Invasive. Uh, however, they do not appear to protect Zydron, uh, Gatelord, or Vecron, the Spire Lord. So... They're picky and choosy about where they show up. Uh, they're kind of the easiest Vex to recognize. Uh, they have bright red frames with weird spiky protrusions sticking out of them. Uh, I'll do. I'll link to an image of the uh, this dude, the Aphix. I don't know what it is. Of course, I put this picture here, and the picture is tiny. I'm like, oh, I'll just put this here, and I'll read his name. I'm going to make it huge. The uh, <laughs> Aphix Penultima Alpha uh, appears in a public event uh, as you're going into the subway system on Mars. He's a dude who appears up in that room. What's that zone called? Um, the Drift is right next door. Wow. Can't think of it. I can't either. Yeah, it's, it's the worst place to fight to take in Mars. Stupid Mars. Uh, but yeah so it's very you can very clearly see the unique design of the Aphex Invasive there apparently there's also a reference to the Aphex Invasive in the Prima strategy guide for Destiny was somebody trying to track a copy of that down for us I I was looking for one but nobody nobody came through on it it's gotta be a relic by now (laughs) they made one for Final Fantasy 11 back in the day too and it's like Congratulations, you published this, and it already means nothing. <laughs> so, 
And then there's an unknown. There isn't. It's not that it's an unknown faction, but uh, Theosian, the restorative mind, has no known sort of uh, uh, faction affiliation. That's because it doesn't exist. Possibly. Ikora Ray says, restorative minds are of the weavers, carrying the means to undo any mind's undoing. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, The writers at Bungie love the word undo. Uh, As we see here, as we see at the start of the new Omnigol strike, she's undone her death. She'll keep undoing her death undoefinably. Undoingly. Just, yeah, just keep undoing things. It's okay. Uh, also, if they're weavers, why are they undoing things? Shouldn't they be doing things? Shouldn't, shouldn't they be the unravelers? Anyway, Theosian, the restorative mind who only exists in the PlayStation 4 universe, which stands adjacent to the Xbox universe that ghosts can scan, uh, is has no faction, no known faction. So... It's actually, it's been hypothesized that Theosian is from way, way, and this doesn't make any sense, but from really far in the future or some pocket timeline where all Vex have converged and there's no need for factions at all. And he's bringing back some crazy tech to, to restore things in the past. But I've talked about this before, where if you, if the Vex really do have the power to time travel, shouldn't every single Vex be the most updated version of the Vex? (laughs) There wouldn't be precursors or descendants because the, the concept of generation wouldn't exist because every Vex could immediately be the most advanced possible Vex, the furthest forward in the timeline, and then just step backwards into it. It's like, or you could um, give Windows 10 to somebody who had a Windows 3.1 computer and they'd be like, whoa. Right. But like that, like that's the thing. It's like if you're you're the Vex, you're om, omni super crazy powerful super techno race. Why is anybody running Windows 3? <laughs> yeah. Like everybody should always be in the most current version of the OS. Because DOS was more complicated. And not even the most current version. The most advanced version they'll ever get to in the future is technically their current version across every distribution of VEX. Because that's as far as they've possibly gotten in the timeline. And because they can move it backwards through time, they should always be the most advanced. They hint at that when you're driving along Venus. We talked about this in the Black Garden episodes where the ruins predate humanity, but seem to have appeared almost instantaneously, where like seem like the Vex seemingly have these ancient structures they just moved forward and placed right on top of Venus. Uh, it's like there's no... They didn't have to build them, they just moved them from one timeline to the next. So if that's the case, you should never have... <laughs> you should never have like the Windows 95 Vex roaming around at the same time you have... <laughs> the Windows 10 Vex roaming around and somewhere there's like a Windows 50 Vex somewhere. They should all be Windows 50 because there's that the deployment time is non-existent. Uh, but hey, but maybe that's a quantum mechanics thing that I don't know about. So let's talk about some. Let's talk. About, now that we're to hour two and I can see x-ray slowly fading. Let's talk about <laughs> quantum mechanics. <laughs> 
How you doing over there, X-Ray? <laughs> I'm good, man. I, I was actually... I'm just listening, and uh, I got a message on Xbox that I told the guy I would mention um, because he's a fan of the show. Saw me online, said hi, and he said, Hey, is there an email for Ghost Stories? I'd like to send you all a picture that I drew. And so he did. He sent it right now, and I was actually looking at it a minute ago. Um, is it a picture of Kate playing the drums? No, it says here. Let me. Let me <laughs> is it a picture it. of Windows 50 Vex? He says, hi, DGS. <laughs> Just a drawing of Toland I did. By the way, the arms are disproportioned. I'm not the best. I, do what you want with it. But it's good. I like it. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good drawing. It's in pencil, and, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So uh, we'll see if we can figure out somewhere to post it and post a link. Um, and that was from Black Panther 57K. Yeah, we have a website. Yeah, if only we had a website with the blog, we could post it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In his his defense, I don't think proportions matter to Toland anymore. (laughs) He can make his arms whatever he wants. Who needs arms? Yeah, uh, I I drew a picture of Toland. It's just a a little squiggly ball of light. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm still here. I'm hanging out, having... Having fun. <laughs> this podcasting stuff's great. We should do it more often. We should do it more often. Yep. This is the thing we do. If only, if only it was our jobs. Uh, all right. So I have a thing here. This is originally going to be its entire own episode. This uh, Destiny Quantum Mechanics and you. Uh, but if we have Cosmo here, we can we can can probably condense it into into this part right here, or we could do it. Uh, at the beginning of the next episode, we could address this other question: Why do we even go into the vault? <laughs> uh, so either one, whichever you guys want to cover. I'm kind of excited to hear to hear Cosmo talk about quantum mechanics. Yeah, I can I can talk a little bit about that. Um, so basically, the 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 question is: How do you go from quantum mechanics to timelines? Like You'd think they were unrelated, but they're actually um, kind of very related um, in the fact that the, the, our current theory of quantum mechanics has a pretty big unresolved core problem um, that has been around basically since the start of quantum mechanics, and nobody has really made much progress on it. So if you want a free Nobel Prize, this, this is one way to get it. <laughs> get right on it. Just solve the unsolvable. Right. So, so I'll start... I'll start with an example. Say you have a radioactive atom, like your uranium atom or something. You just you just leave it there for a while and you check back on it, um, and it's either decayed or it hasn't decayed. Um, and in the language of quantum mechanics, you left the atom in. Oh no, my phone <laughs> fell over. <laughs> in a superposition state of decayed and not decayed, it's, it's literally a a sum of them. Um, And then, so you live in that state, and then you come back and you check it, and it's now in either a decayed or a not decayed state, but it's no longer in the superposition state. And so the big mystery is, how the heck did it go from the superposition state to one of the two single states? And how did did it decide which one of those two states to go to? Um, There's two kind of main camps um, in physics. Um, then there's a few people who have their own crazy ideas that also don't work. <laughs> um, they, they all work at Bungie. 
<laughs> so the the most orthodox one is it's called the Copenhagen interpretation um, for reasons that I don't remember, but I think that's where they they came up with it or decided that they were all going to use that one. Um, and in this interpretation, your radioactive atom basically chooses one of those two states at random um, and enters that state, um, and it just throws away the other state. So the the advantage of this interpretation is that it matches our experiments very well. This is what we see. We see an atom that's in a, in a superposition state of decayed and not decayed, and then we go and we measure it, and it's either decayed or it's not decayed. The disadvantage is that this doesn't answer the question. It just, it says, oh, it chooses it at random. Um, it doesn't answer, you know, so how did it actually go through the states? It, you kind of need to introduce something called um, a wave function collapse, um, which, again, people just say, oh, then it collapses, and, and nobody says, well, what is this collapse? Um, so if, if this sounds confusing, that's because it is. Um, <laughs> nobody understands it. And we just kind of roll with it because the experiments work out. And then I forgot that's to look convenient. up this guy's name. That, that's convenient. <laughs> hey, it worked. Let's go with it. There's a lot of stuff in physics where you go, hey, hey, it worked. Let's just go with it. <laughs> the quintessential human experience. Yeah. The, it makes all the mathematicians cringe. <laughs> then there's another interpretation. Uh, um, Hugh Everett is, is the dude who came up with it originally that says okay we have the superstition superstition wow superposition of decayed and not decayed and what happens is instead of choosing one of them and throwing the other one out we basically split into two timelines and so now in, there are two timelines one where the atoms decayed another where the atom hasn't decayed and this resolves the issue. We don't have to choose one randomly and say, how do we get to it? We still have both results. So the advantage of this is that it accounts for this, this um, state transition. It says there is no straight state transition. There's just, we keep both states. The disadvantage is that this doesn't make probabilities very well. So we have our atom, it either decays or doesn't decay. So you'd say, okay, we have a 50% probability of finding that it decayed or not. But the real world doesn't work this way. In the real world, you might have a 25% probability to find that it's decayed. And so the, the key issue with this many worlds interpretation is that you gotta, you got to find some way to get these probabilities into time blends that are splitting kind of an equal proportion to the number of possibilities. And so these are the, the infinite timelines of the VEX. There's, there's a timeline for every possible resolution of every possible quantum event. Every one of those gets its own timelines, and, and you get uncountable numbers of timelines. Oh, my God. So then the idea that the vault is a device that can somehow monitor <laughs> these. And that's not just that there's, there's infinite timelines, that there's they're infinitely generating like at an infinite rate. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> so, so the, the vault, um, if you actually want to make it all formally quantum mechanified, which is a word that I'm, I'm making up right now, <laughs> you need, you need to stop this process somehow. You need to isolate it from the rest of 
rest of the universe, so the vault itself isn't generating timelines inside itself. Oh, interesting. I see. Which is and probably the, only one vault. Yeah, and probably also why some of these the things that the Vex can do can only happen in the vault, because there's this very unique environment where these timelines are not constantly being generated. They they have complete control over this singular instance that is the interior of the vault. Exactly. And and it's one of the possible resolutions for how can we go into the vault multiple times for the paradox mission let's go back into the vault is that if we mess up the vault and disrupt this process now the vault is splitting into multiple timelines and some of which atheon is still alive and we can go back into those timelines and kill him again and, and take his body parts for for use and give him to Lakshmi. <laughs> oh man well there you have it uh, <laughs> a potential <laughs> quantum mechanical explanation for the infinitely generating timelines or singular timelines of the vault itself. God, that's this is, and I like to think that these are because mankind itself, you know, we, as you said, like we have this unresolved core problem in quantum mechanics. So using this as a central theme in the vault it allows these so many different interpretations of the vault itself. Whereas like some of the other raids are very straightforward. The vault experience itself is built on things that humans still haven't even figured out. <laughs> so it gives exactly. us these. So there you go. Now this is like an infinitely, the, well, I guess the vault's not an infinitely growing toll booth. It's just a singular instance where all these things can converge and get drawn in. <laughs> They just cram infinite lanes into one, one single one. toll. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one booth. I don't know. So, and that's sort of that's what makes Atheon insanely powerful. And we also don't know the reason why the Vex are. I mean, we have an idea about why the Vex were doing this originally. They're trying to find a timeline in which the vault is not taken. But this is like, even that's like, I guess that's the paradox and the paradox mission. We kind of discussed this a little bit previously when we talked about like no time to explain that stuff is that the purpose of the vault is to find a future where the vault is not taken <laughs> by the taken. But you need the vault right. to do that. But the vault is always taken by the taken. <laughs> so it's like, it is it exists to preserve itself. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, there you go. There's there's a thanks Cosmo. That was way better explained than I think that I could have done. <laughs> all all good quantum mechanics discussions should happen at 1 a.m. Yes. That's what I've discovered. <laughs> which is why I'm starting to trip up on my words because we're now recording in four time zones. <laughs> different time four different timelines are recording. Yeah. Well, we're almost to the end here. Uh, we'll leave we'll leave Caber's fire team for the next one. I, we should probably leave Osiris for the next one too, just because that's a, a deep hole. Uh, oh, maybe we should just leave it all. Maybe we should just leave why we even go into this thing. We'll we'll kick it off with why we go in and then how that would we go be a in. Good start, yeah. Yeah, the next episode. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about uh, Osiris, Caber, the speaker. Like the the vault exists in the history, like like quite literally in the lore of the game before we ever come on the scene. Uh, and there's a lot of people have got a lot of things to say about it. So 
we will we'll cover that next time. We will literally open the vault. <laughs> uh, but we won't drink the, the data milk. What if it's strawberry? Still won't drink it. <laughs> Still, well, do you think it's safer? You think it's safer to drink strawberry Vex milk or snort Radians? <laughs> um, all I know is you shouldn't do both. <laughs> but worm spore, you can snort that stuff all day. No, you don't want that. I know Eris like, does. You don't want that stuff inside you. That's that's the one thing that the Vex didn't didn't do is is drink all the worm stuff. Yeah, that's right. They're smarter than that. I'll worship you, but I won't stick you inside me. <laughs> <laughs> we ending on that, really? Yeah. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I, this is a good. This is a good start. That that this these quantum things are going to come up a lot in the vault as we discuss, like even as we discuss the architecture of the vault itself and what we go through, and then we're you know we're obviously going to cover all the different fights, uh, all the different phases of the vault, the different things that exist down there, the Gorgons, the Oracles, the Templar, stuff like that. But the jumping puzzle that people can't do still. Here's how you do the jumping like puzzle. You run, jumps. you double jump, you use death from above, and you just <laughs> slam <laughs> yourself into the ground at the other end. You just floof. It's or easy. You blade, blade dance all the way across. Who needs a super? Just floof. Burns of ear for days. Just jump across. There's all sorts of ways to avoid that thing. Maybe they're going to widen it. Maybe they're going to like make it so you can't do that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that's challenge mode. Yeah, Because yeah, I always I always just go in and immediately go right and drop down to that little platform and just jump straight across. Yep, same here. Yeah, that's what I usually do, too. So, yeah, if they widen it and you can't do that anymore, I'll be mildly annoyed. I'll still be able to get across it, but... Just use the path. Use the path on the left, up in the hook around. Yeah, the yeah that's always a fun way. And people like there's inevitably there's always somebody in the raid that's like, "Where did you go?" It's like, "Yeah, I know where the secrets are." You dropped it that to me when we were doing the uh, the, <laughs> what the are you weekly. Doing up there? It was the, or was the it was the daily <laughs> the daily mission where we had to go in and uh, get Pretty this ghost because we had to go through that other that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, the paradox route. Drop runs over there, and he's standing there. I'm like, "What the hell?" Because <laughs> I hadn't done it yet, and he already had. And so he kind of guides me through a little bit, and then proceeds to laugh at me every time I fall. And he had his emote on there that was clapping, slow clapping for me, or whatever he <laughs> always, was doing. Always slow clap. <laughs> yeah, it was super annoying, but I made it, and we killed the guy and got the ghost. Slow clap is good. I can't. Yeah. What if challenge mode? In both King's Fall and in the vault, is nobody can die during the jumping puzzle. <laughs> I guess I'll quit tricking <laughs> people to stand in front of that first one. <laughs> like that's always the best, man. That's that was I've done that to so many people, and if you haven't, it's great. If you get anybody new, and you get to the the God, I don't want to call it the the dick wall but i just did so <laughs> when you get there and you walk in and say okay if you haven't seen this before you got to walk up and watch this this animation just walk right up to the edge and look over and they're standing there looking and then they just get booted and it's amazing 
It is They don't glorious. have any idea what happened. Because that happened to me the first time I did it, so now you've got to pass it on. you got to get better yeah. friends. Yeah. The thing that I like to try to do is, when I do Sherpa runs, is convince people to stand on the, uh, the electrified rail at Siege Engine, but nobody ever falls for it. <laughs> Step on that lightning, it'll be great. They should, like, reduce the size of the ships in that jumping puzzle in the... In King's, in King's Fall? Fall. Oh. Yeah, make the ships like really like a quarter of the size or something. That would be, that would <laughs> that be a, awesome right there. What is this? A tomb ship for ants? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I was going to say, the first time I did the uh, quote dick wall, it was hilarious because Friends. they didn't want to just like get me to... We did an entire <laughs> episode where I broke down the names of every single section of King's Fall and what they mean. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's obviously the Phallus Palace. <laughs> the They didn't get me to stand in front of it. They they were just like, no, no, just jump off the edge. It's fine. Like, there's a platform below, and they all jumped down because they're like floofing down, whatever. So I was just like, cool. And I jumped off the edge, and as I'm falling and realizing I'm gonna die, I get booted with one of the the things, and like, I fell down to my death and just went flying from one of the things. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay then. You know, I remember that episode, because wasn't that the one Bife was on when we did the yes. the King's Fall? Yeah, it was a good one. That and was he, great. And he oh, never came back. Wah, wah. Did we just call him out? <laughs> That trombone again. Brassy, brassy <laughs> bass trombone. <laughs> well, maybe maybe someday we'll have him back on, but there's other people we want to talk to also, like Cosmo. Cosmo, are you going to come back and talk some more Vault with us if you get a chance? Uh, definitely. Good. Yes. Good, good. We need, you, we need you here to do more quantum mechanicizing on us. Wait till um, we get to the, the architecture of the glass throne. <laughs> triangles. Yes. That's it, right? Sorry. Cauldron Sigma. <laughs> no, but I was man. I was in. I was in this. I was in the second cauldron last night in Horizon Zero Dawn. Every single door is a triangle. Like this is straight up the Vault of Glass. <laughs> like I, I would, and honestly, I would rather fight the Vex than some of those weird Robo Gun Tigers or whatever they're called. Ravagers. No the, ravager. no, the Ravagers are easy. You just shoot the front off and steal the cannon, and and then you're you're set. I don't I don't shoot them. I just put traps everywhere. See, this is the thing. When you build an entire piece of architecture around triangle hallways, and then they give you a trip mine mechanic, it's like why? Here's what I do: put forty trip mines in a triangle, and then just go like <laughs> whistle, and watch everything wander over and get blown to pieces. The whistle mechanic is the greatest. I wish Destiny had a whistle mechanic. <laughs> wish every game had a whistle mechanic. Hey, idiot, come here. <laughs> Zelda does. Zelda has it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I almost made a super position joke about your phone, by the way, Cosmo. <laughs> oh, they, they keep falling over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to, man, I'd love to hear how people would modify the raids for challenge modes i mean i know people talk about it but that'd be fun to go through and just pick it pick a pick it apart and and what would you consider to be acceptable for a challenge mode because yeah send us the most evil challenge modes and there you they've go said atheon is going to be the hardest challenge mode they've ever made oh that's excellent 
they, just they not made gonna, that statement. He's just not going to come out. He's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, if if Crota challenge is each one person can only pick up the sword one time, fire teams are just that's going to be a struggle. I hope it's better than that. I hope it's. I would love to see the Crota fight with the sword clash mechanic where you actually have to fight Crota. That's crazy. Uh, and also, like, so completely unrestrict his movement so he can run all over that arena. <laughs> like, there's no, like, he doesn't, like, crotate, you know, 25 degrees and 20. Like, he no, he can go anywhere he wants in there. <laughs> and then add a sword clash me- mechanic. So when he does chase you down, you have to turn around and just, like, smash swords with him. You have to instinct dance your emotes and then turn into a giant guardian with a sword Power Ranger style and go fight him at eye level. I mean, I've seen. I mean, I've seen Crota come in. He's come back in the back room with us before, and he's come down to the uh, the ogre rooms before. Yeah, I've seen her come down to the ogre rooms. That's terrifying. Maybe you have to wear the Crota mask, and you'll just confuse him. <laughs> what? Everyone has to wear glue like... and the Crota mask. Maybe it would be Crota and Thalnok at the same time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Super, Thalnok super could sword. just be like, <laughs> super sword brothers. He just does exactly <laughs> what Crota does, just like five seconds later, like he's just mimicking him the whole time. Is this like, what I do? Is this what I do? Is this what I do? Like before they rotate, like they high five in the middle, and then one goes <laughs> in each direction. It's <laughs> uh, perfect. Every time there's a break, uh, Thalnok just turns and says, "I'm just. I have to say, I'm so grateful for this experience. <laughs> Thank you for this opportunity. This is, this is an awesome opportunity to be here with you. Thank you so much." I've and dreamed then of this goes, day. Ugh. And then after they, after they. <laughs> kill us they'll be like brothers don't shake hands brothers got a hug and then they hug it out <laughs> can you sign my sword for me please <laughs> oh brother when crota has when crota has low health Dalnock comes out with a boom box over his head plays music for crota to pump him back up <laughs> and he peeks out his window and is like oh <laughs> he's down there on that on that little ledge below the uh, the oversell throne if you're if you're looking at the back just with the boombox yeah I was gonna say he's way out in the distance just like waving trying to get your attention I'm still here <laughs> oh, also brother. I hope the death death singer starts her song as soon as you start the raid and you have to get to her in ninety seconds oh god <laughs> <In 30 seconds. laughs> using a drum pad yeah ear you challenge mode you have ninety seconds to get to her from the start of the raid. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Uh, I don't know. That's gonna be. Oh, how great would it be if you land? You land in the stills, and as soon as you get to the first lamp, Crota appears behind you and chases you. <laughs> <through> the <stills. laughs> oh no! Oh man, that would be ridiculous. I'll take it. Honestly, awesome, actually. I'm most excited for Daybreak Strikes. I love Mayhem so much, uh, and I just want. I want all the modifiers on and mayhem mode. Just let me let me go bananas and strikes. Because before, right before I went on uh, out for work uh, for when I was traveling, my team loaded in and we did triple Sunbreaker infinite hammer of soul strikes. <laughs> and <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing we've ever done. It was so funny just to have three 
perma hammer of soul sunbreakers just wrecking. And I think it was solar burn too. So we were just wrecking oh, shop everywhere we went. Uh, it was awesome. I just want to do that. That's cool. Give it to me. I think the uh, oh man, what are the what do you got to blow up when you first get out there before ear ute to bring those shields down? The shriekers. The shriekers. I think those shriekers are going to respawn like they do in the thrallway while you're fighting near you. Oh, 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 those ones. She dies yeah. in like 10 seconds anyway. I hope the Shriekers shoot out mini Thalnox. <laughs> <laughs> in quarter-sized tomb ships? Every Thrall in the raid is replaced with a Thrall-sized Thalnox. They just <laughs> chase you around swinging their swords wildly. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, would you rather fight... A hundred <laughs> thrall-sized crotus. <laughs> one crotus-sized thrall. thrall. Great. <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh. Maybe that's the settings you get to pick before you start. <laughs> yes, Destiny Remix. <laughs> this is like, so. Remix. Picking hard mode. We're picking a hundred little crotus. We're picking one big thrall. <laughs> yeah, just give me, give me the crucible private mode options in strikes and raids. That's all I want. Every every night in the the uh ear Ute fight is gonna be a blue gatekeeper. Oh come on. <laughs> oh no. that would be crazy. Yeah, just a bunch of invincible knights all over the place. Yep. Yes. What if they make it so the those gatekeeper knights can be hurt by the three exotic swords and they just Every oh, night becomes okay. one of them, and you have um, to use your swords. I in mean, the raid. Now I'm back in. Yeah, that's fine. That, that's <laughs> what I do, anyways. They all get a they all get a razor lighter to the face whenever I, whenever I do Crota because. Can you can you punch one of those uh, gatekeepers and make them fight for you? No, they're majors. You can you can. Oh, okay. Punch oh, that's right. Non majors, but Sadly. it's any non major basically. So. So you could probably run out there and punch an ogre and make an ogre your friend because I don't think they're major ogres, yeah, are they? You can do that. I, I want to make an ogre fight a thunderjaw now. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover. be <sighs> you get to Crota and Crota's there like I am Crota, son of Oryx, and you're coming riding in a thunderjaw. Yeah, what's your point, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you get the last cauldron, can you tame thunderjaws and ride them? You cannot ride them. Oh, but you can tame them, and there's a site with two thunder jaws, and you can make them fight each other. Yes, and I I may have gotten to work late today because I was trying <laughs> to do exactly that. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, you got to okay. see how it's going to end. Oh, I want to ride thunder jaws though. Oh man, it's good stuff. <laughs> I like it. All oh, right. Man. I like yeah, it too. Shoot us. Tweet, tweet at us. Tweet at what, what do you think the most ridiculous challenge modes are going to be? Bring them up. Let us know. And not only do I like that, I like being back. I like doing the podcast. I'm excited that we're getting into the Vault of Glass. It's kind of fun to have a topic. I know, we, like I said, we kind of skated around some of the, the new lore because it, it really was just didn't entice us as much as, as we would have hoped. And so go, being able to go back and do this that we kind of never did, uh, obviously, is is great. And there's a lot of content here. So this will 
this will fill some gaps between now and Destiny 2. And I'm excited to see what Destiny 2 has to offer in the way of lore, how they're going to handle it, if they're going to do it this a similar way, or if it's going to be more, you know, in-story kind of, of lore and, and how we're going to have to access it. Because, you know, a lot of people don't like the way it is now because they have to rely on us or, or other other oh. people to help them decipher all <laughs> the lore. they have to read. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's all going to be in Banuk artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it'll be fun to, to see where the road we're heading down and, and how it's going to impact us as a podcast, because, you know, if, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big mystery well, right now. And what's going to be cool is we're going to get deep into the vault here and then the new vault is going to be unveiled. So and we'll, we'll be get in the ch- middle of things. So we'll get a chance to sort of like in real time make comparisons between the vault as we know it, as we're discovering it, and how it's been changed. So that'll be cool, right? I mean, we've had that happen in some other episodes too, where we I think during the exotics we had that big. Well, I mean, all the exotics had had gone through changes, um, and so it was nice to be able to compare what they used to be to what they were then. And I mean, heck, they've a lot of them might have even. I mean, we've had some change since then, since last summer. And we got uh, some new exotics right in the middle of that whole series. So. Yeah, yeah. So that was great too. We got to talk about that stuff. So, you know, it'll be it'll be a fun ride. The vault is going to be great, and depending on again timing and how everything goes, hopefully we'll be on a more regular schedule again. And uh, and if not, we've we've got a couple guests we've talked to and, and want to try to get on, sticking with our kind of themes of. Of you know, I think we what we do so far. We had kind of an art show back um, in January, and uh, before that, man, who did we have on before that? I don't remember now. Sorry, whoever you were. It's been, been so long. Yeah, um, <laughs> we talked about. Uh, 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 I don't know. I don't remember. It was, we talked to Nathan Fillion. Uh, <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Timeline for this, I missed that one. Yeah. We're, we're working on, yeah, and I'd like to do that. I mean, yeah, obviously Nathan Fillion's probably a, a big stretch, but I'd like to, to get in touch with some more, you know, of the people that were involved with the game and try to get them on. So we'll be trying to reach out to people again and uh, see if we can get some, some guests. I think, um, it's not confirmed, but I'm pretty sure that Deej at least owes us a uh, a raid run. He does. We, yeah, I'm gonna. We the spaghetti dinner got in the way, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta hold him to <laughs> that. Still, we call that one in. That's like a year old commitment, it, right it's there. It's over a year. It would have been a year back in uh, in Feb January, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and you know we've we've. Exchange a couple emails with with the cos the other Cosmo. The, oh God, the that's one with us. <laughs> that, that 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 always is confusing. It'd be it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Like I said, I think to to try to get some other people and and you know there's some other podcasts that we've been been on and talking to and we need to we need to reach out to them and see if we can get a couple of of guests from some podcasts again because like I said we've it's been a while since we talked to the Crucible Radio guys um, but they're still going strong and. You know, we had, like I said, we had Bifon, and it'd be fun to get some guests in here, too, in the middle of some of this stuff. Um, and, For sure. And I, I'm, some... I'm, you know, I'm planning on, well, 
making some plans with uh, some of the reset guys for Guardian Con. So yeah, absolutely, and that those were that was one of the podcasts I was kind of alluding to. And uh, you know, we've, we've yeah. done a lot. We've talked a lot with them, and I was like, I, I think I mentioned this before. I was I went to their meetup here in Missouri, um, and that's supposed to be happening again. So I plan on doing that um, whenever it is in the fall, I guess. And I'm. I know Gabble's going to Guardian Con. I'm working working it out right now. Got to figure out how I'm gonna get there and how I'm gonna get home. But I want to be there too. So uh, if anybody else is going and wants to to meet up, you know, we'll be trying to set some stuff up while we're there. Cool. Also, be ready. Be ready for the next. The next show is gonna be a monster. Uh, like we are going to open the vault. We're going to talk about the oracles. The oracles could be an entire episode by themselves, but then also the Templar. So the next episode is going to be a very deep and complicated lore episode. So this is like this is the appetizer, but the the real meals. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy show. Oh man, I'm already. <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be nuts because because the vault's been around so long. There's been so much research done into it. There's a lot of information to present, so get ready for some big, big episodes. Oh, oh, oh! I know, I know. A guest oh. we should we should reach out to. Um, Surfer boy? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> it's um. Yes. Oh man, what's his name? Um, Surfer uh, boy? <laughs> no. Um, start. Uh, oh, that that uh, Scooby Deezy guy. We should reach uh, out to him sometime and have that guy on as a guest. <laughs> He's a pretty fun guy. So yeah. that'd be that'd be interesting. Someone before. if we have someone famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Cosmo. I know. <laughs> well, no, I know, what she's, I know what she's referring to. <laughs> Scooby, uh, Scooby to seemed to... Specifically to... interview. You're here is to help us with the notes that we've already got. <laughs> we weren't specifically interviewing you. <laughs> yes, Scoob, Scoob seems to, to emerge when we've had a couple guests on. So <laughs> maybe maybe we can trick him or something. Say, hey, guess who's <laughs> going to be on the show? I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> No, Scoob's great. He's super busy, and 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 he's he's behind the scenes, and he's still around. So, um, man, what a what a fun show, Cosmo. Thanks for coming on. Can't wait to get you back on here and and talk some more Vault. Um, everybody, we're back, and hopefully, <laughs> we're not we're not broken up. We're not fighting anymore. Yeah, Don't that's, that's each other. The, <laughs> those are the best, though. I like that. Yeah, it, it's it's the rumors that. Everybody hates each other, and we're fighting all the time. And yeah, and you know, our time off, we may have we we we've lost some listeners, and we've actually gained a lot too. We've got a lot of new people still finding us, and still still just starting out. And they'll get in touch with us and say, "Hey, I just started listening, to you guys. It's great. I'm gonna catch up, and and can't wait to to hear what you have next." Uh, it it's always it's still amazing to me that that we've. Okay, the okay, we're doing the the official X-ray thanks part here because I haven't done this in a while, so get over it. World's longest outro. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. We've had some long ones. Meanwhile, Gabble Gabble's lustfully staring at his switch. Cosmo and I are like, like just holding onto our PS4 controllers, waiting to turn HZD back on. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, let me, let's see. Part. Who do oh, I want to thank? Who do I want to thank this is, first? This is like super unfair um, because Gabble can just grab the switch and put <laughs> it right in front, in front of it. He just held it up in front of the screen. Oh, A-hole. Um, 
<laughs> no, but but seriously, we've got a lot of people that are still finding us. If I mean, if you want to get in touch with us, we've got our email out there still, destinyghoststories at gmail.com. You can go to our website. We're on Twitter, uh, Stories there, Facebook. You can find us. Everything's going to be in the show notes. Check it out. Um, if uh, you've got anyone interested in the lore, point them our direction. We've got some shows that are still very relevant. Most of them are. Yeah. Um, I've heard especially... a lot of people going back saying, hey, I went back and re-listened to some of your episodes and there's still, there's still so much information packed in them. That I really Who, somebody, said, somebody said, it takes exactly six episodes of uh, King's Fall for it's... me to drive from <laughs> my mom's house across that was me. the... That's, that's this guy <laughs> right here. That's, last, that's last right. Friday, that's right. I, I drove my... Uh, my parents <laughs> had my car. Well, my brother had my car and then it was at my parents' house, so I drove it back. Ten hours, and I listened to ten hours straight of the the Books of Sorrow, <laughs> and I got through episodes one to four. That's what it was, Books of Sorrow. Oh, ten hours great. straight. That's awesome, man. It's I'll I'll catch myself going back and listening to some of those episodes too, and they're so much fun. Um, and yeah, I listen to our episodes. I can't enjoy our content. What? <laughs> but we've had a lot of people ask where we've been and what's going on, and we're here. We're not going anywhere. This was our intro into the vault. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will be back with the vault itself. We're going to break inside. Well, Drop's going to break inside. He's going to shade step and do whatever he does. But we'll talk about <laughs> how you... wedge myself between the doors and then complain about being <laughs> shot by Praetorians. Man, I, when I was... Before I ever did the vault, I was just messing around on Venus and came upon a group trying to open the door. And so I stopped and was shooting stuff and didn't know what I was doing. And this big door opened. I was like, oh, awesome. And I was running with these guys. I'm like, yes, this is great. And they disappeared right in front of me. And I'm like, oh. And I couldn't go any farther. So I turned around and the door was shut and I couldn't get out. And I didn't know what to do. I was like, uh... Go to Much orbit. like Kaber. Yeah, went to you orbit. You opened the vault with friends, but you can't remember who they were. I did. Yep. Yeah, it was it was hilarious, man. <laughs> I remember that to this day. But anywho, good show. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. God, is that how Kaber got into the vault? He just happened across another fire team opening it. <laughs> he was the blueberry, <laughs> and yep. he's like, "I'm gonna go in," and they're like, "Hell no, we're not going in that place." And then they disappeared, and he didn't know who they were. <laughs> You can't open the vault alone, but he did, went man. in alone. It was so epic. I was run. I mean, there were these guys all run. I'm right there in the pack with them, and I look around. All of a sudden, they all just disintegrate and disappear. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? And I didn't know where to go or what to do, so I turned around, and sure enough, I was trapped in time. There you go. Good work. That's what they say. They say, do you, you, you know what? You just go down the vault. Uh, we'll go yeah, down with the stairs jerk. and with the gate lord. We'll see, we'll see for the chest. Don't worry. We'll share it. Gavel's out. Gavel's like it's like the Grammys. He's shushing us He's off done. the podium with his switch yeah. music. There's face cams for this one, so we can see him play. <laughs> yeah, I turned mine off. I tried. I tried to end it. You guys kept it going, not me. All right. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I need to go to bed. Yeah. All right. I can't spy on me anymore. See you all next time, or you'll see a uh, hear us. I won't see. I don't know. We'll be back <laughs> with another episode of Ghost Stories. Bye. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Bye. His phone fell over again. <laughs> Super precision. 
All right, we are recording the call as of right now. Okay. And I will... Awesome. I'll stop my audio recording then. Oh, God, that's the play button. There we go. Oh, no, wait. I haven't changed the settings. It's doing it in stereo. (laughs) There we go. I'll mute my TV. All right. (laughs) Hopefully, I now have... Oh, my God, I just... I just glanced over okay. at Skype, and I'm right now. My image is in the bottom of my Skype window, and it's right next to Gabble. And I thought for a second we were in the same room. Drops. <laughs> 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 like, what the? <laughs> and I was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. Uh... I'm guessing we'll turn video off before we start, or are we gonna leave it on? It doesn't matter. I mean, we can do whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna pick your nose, you can turn it off or leave it on, and I'll screenshot <laughs> it and post it in Slack. So. <laughs> this is. I was just thinking more for call quality, but if it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, it. it I, so far, we haven't had any bumps. I mean, but. Sure, but you're drinking tab. No. Oh, no. What Coke. is that? That was a Coke. <laughs> no, but I am. I am drinking Diet Fago. Oh man! Oh, <laughs> you f- motherfucking juggalo! <laughs> Juggalos for I'm life. This amazing stuff that I just found. Uh, recorder, re- recorder lig. It is a. It's a strawberry and lime cider, and quote made from the pure Swedish spring water. So, I mean, shout out to everybody in Sweden. Yeah, you can't go wrong with <laughs> Swedish spring water. I know. Water out of a faucet. You just. <laughs> I have to thank Kex for this. I see if he can send me a case. Right. Of it. Just look at how sexy yeah. it made Kex. <laughs> Kex is a sexy man. <laughs> and now uh, we have outtakes. Womp womp. I still. Captain Sex. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs>